listening to the voice of Kayla Pitts, and this is the Mixed Bread Podcast. On today's episode, I have my guest, Caleb. We talk about being mixed, his career as a male nurse, and preparing for the worst. And I'm going to tell you right now, I apologize for how many times the word moist is said in this episode. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Enjoy. shake it yeah, up just cover oh, okay. the top because that top's kind of like it's not it doesn't yeah. seem like it's very sealed <laughs> cool i'm gonna put this in the fridge what's it called coquito coquito Censor, like you can swear, you can you can All say right. people's full names if you want, and tell me later you want me to bleep them out, or you know it's not it's all it's all very casual and there's no restrictions. So um, it's being posted on my website and then probably other websites as well. So I'll have it on the mixedbread.com website, and then there'll also be links on my own personal voice website. Um, but then it'll be posted in other places like iTunes and stuff like that. Okay. Um, but the home, I have a home hub mm-hmm. of the episodes for, um, on a website. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm ready. Are you? I don't know. Are I you ready? You seem I'm not, nervous. I'm not a public speaker. You seem this nervous. Feels public. Well, it, public in but a sense, I mean, who knows how big my audience will be, you know? Who knows? Exactly. Limitless. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know. It might be thousands. Oh, I don't know about that. I'm 
mom and dad listen to it. I know, your mom's actually going to be a guest, I think, Is in she? a couple weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're so I think it'll be good. I think it'll be, she'll, she'll be a very fun guest be to have on the podcast. <laughs> she might bring up politics every so often. Oh, God. She, she wants it. to make a, she wants she to make sprinkles. a statement. She's like, oh, yeah. recipes don't require yeast um so this one's a yeastless yeastless recipe it's it'll be very similar um i think the longest amount of time we'll spend is pretty much peeling and shredding these apples um i got two bread pans so we could make two loaves and that you can take a loaf home with you yeah um and of the recipes that i looked at two of them said that the best kind is, is if you shred the apples, because then like it's the whole loaf itself is nice and moist. Yeah. But then there were other recipes where they had the cubes of apples, so you got nice like chunks of apple per bite. And I thought we could maybe like cube two apples and shred the rest. Okay, I mean I'm down. Do a mixture of the two and see. Consistency is just not apple a problem. throughout. Okay, we'll just... Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's playing now. Oh yes. <laughs> Yes, it is. I like to oh, record Lord. before my guests come oh. in so that they can't put a podcast voice on. Sneaky. Yes. Very I'm actually thinking of podcast voice. <laughs> Were you? Like smooth listenings or something. <laughs> like, like Michael Clare. Like, like if you were going to be a radio host. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, like, you're now listening like, to the smooth. Or Delilah kind of thing. Like, Delilah. Hey there, folks. How are you doing today? Yeah. <laughs> Hope your day's great. If it isn't, well, let's try to make it better. Let's try to make it better. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we've been going. With, I, I never really know how to start these, so I try to I mean, start it's, recording. It's been started. It's, been, it's too late. <laughs> yeah, but as far as introducing people, so, because I don't know what to say, because okay. nobody's ever going to know who I'm talking to, because none of the of my guests are famous people. The My guests tend to be Not people yet. I know or people who have suggested to me to be guests. Fair. So, Fair. today, on today's episode of the podcast, we have one of my oldest friends and one of my favorite people, also one of the hardest people to coordinate uh, time with. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, my friend Caleb. Hi. Hello. 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 Mike, boomstick. Uh, boomstick. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just looking at it like it's a person. Yeah, I've so. thought about trying to have some sort of area where people have like an audience. Just put a face on it. I might so put I a like, mirror up sometimes so you can like I don't I'm know. I'm looking see, at that mirror. And yeah, I'm like see to, like, yourself. I'm getting people, used to it. People, used to people need an audience. So. Oh, you have a list. 
Well, I've got a list of, of various topics that I want to talk to don't talk about. Don't look at it. It's it's okay. not it's not for you. Okay. Um, oh. Other than being the old, like one of my oldest friends, I think top three, um, you're also one of the only people Black. that I grew up with in New Hampshire that was oh. not white. <laughs> um, so I do want to talk to you about that, but before we get into any of that, can I get you a drink? Do you have any juice? So if not, I will just take shots of it and I a have, chaser of like milk or something. I have I apple care. juice and that's fine. I'm just gonna answer the questions that I ask you. So it shouldn't really matter. <laughs> you don't have to come prepared with anything. Yeah. And um Devin was my first guest, mm -hmm. Devin being your longest friend, I mm -hmm. think. Mm -hmm. Um we had mentioned you on that episode <laughs> that you would be a future guest <clears throat> and that we might want to do a collab with multiple of you. Yeah. And okay. I might, because what I might right. want to do is set you up with, uh, with Devin and Bill and um, a recipe and see who makes the recipe. Better? The best, Ooh. yeah. <laughs> but Ooh, that I might like be a challenge. A, that might be a future episode. I like a challenge. That's nice. Um, I'm about that. Uh, but yeah, so to get into it. Just put on the top. <laughs> forget it. I think I've got enough. That I did tequila. Yep, yep. I didn't do triple sec. Yeah. Um, well, the regular lime. I'll get key the key. They'll get the key. Key lime ain't that bad. Yeah. You did two triple secs? I did two triple sec. Like, One tequil. That's a uh, and then like half, a half, maybe a little more than that. Shake that up a little. Yeah. yeah, that looks about right. Okay, let me get all of this out of the way now. All right, I'm excited. I'm <laughs> waiting for this. Yeah, I so my last guest was Bill, and he mm -hmm. said he had a good time. Okay, um, I believe him. For my male guests, I haven't had to, but I've been telling my female guests, remove jewelry so you don't get it all doughy, etc. I have aprons, but I feel like you probably don't care. I'm not going to wear an apron today. But yeah, I was really excited to have you as a guest on the podcast for so many reasons. Um, one of them being that you're the first person that I can talk to about being mixed. And the podcast is called Mixed Bread. Is it? Oh, I see what you did. So, I see what you did. So, I feel like, um, first things first, you were born in New Hampshire? Cambridge, Mass. <gasps> you were born in Massachusetts? Yeah, I'm a mass hole. Oh, I'm no. I'm a, I'm a mass, massian. How, how long were you in Massachusetts before you moved Till to New Hampshire? Twelve, six. Oh, okay. Because, you know, that gang life is not that great. The, <laughs> so, wait, Cambridge? My, yeah, my mom was like being followed by a couple people a couple days. So they were like, yeah, we're going to leave. Please expand upon that. You, oh, okay, that's all so, I know. Wait, so, so you, yeah, <laughs> wait. So you were born in Cambridge, Mass. Yeah. You were the first kid of your parents. You're just yes. like me. You're the oldest yeah. of two. And my mom. I was born January 1st. New Year's, <laughs> baby. And my mom broke her water on the way up to her friend's apartment, whose elevator was broken. It's on the fifth floor. She got all the way up the stairs. Her water broke right when they had champagne. 
Well, she had champagne, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's what she gets. And I that's started what going. Gets. <laughs> New Year's baby. So, right. so she had to hustle right back down all those stairs after her water broke. And she called my dad, and he didn't believe her. She was like, oh. Oh, my water broke. He's like, okay. <laughs> he wasn't with her? <laughs> no. Uh-oh. He was like parties. He doesn't like socializing. <laughs> and, and he was, he didn't think anything of it. He hung up. And then she's like, yo, he's fucking ignored me. What the he's fuck? <laughs> <laughs> about to give birth to He life. didn't believe her. Oh, that's funny. But so she was, so so you said you guys moved to Hudson because mm-hmm. of, uh, quote unquote, gang, that gang, gang life. Activity. She was being followed? She said uh, every so often when she was coming home from work, people would follow her. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I was not. Was she doing a different job in mass? Yeah, I don't know what she was doing, though. Because you were only six. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly don't know what she was doing. Oh. Um, but Hello. technically, your parents are mixed, right? Yeah, I mean... My mom's French, uh, yeah, my mom's French Canadian, and my dad's Jamaican, Native American, and kind of like a sprinkle of Kenyan in there, I think. Sprinkle of Kenyan in there. Because your your mom doesn't look French Canadian. Nah, I mean, she's French Canadian, something else. Your mom looks. I don't know what it is, but it's like like tan-ish and like. A little Native American-ish. I would have, I would have guessed that she, she was not. French Canadian, if I were to say. She looks pasty to me. I don't know. She looks pasty to you. Well, <laughs> I when mean you that compare, with all the love I, when you, yeah, all I the love in your her. heart. <laughs> you know. Well, b- compared to your dad, who is very dark. Mm-hmm. Your dad's darker than my dad. Yeah, he's. Um, it's it's weird for me, because I wanted to talk to you about being mixed. Okay. In elementary school, mm-hmm. and we were first learning about history and civil rights and things like that you know you go through the whole slavery part of our history and 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 you learn a lot and that's at a very young age and it's definitely in elementary school maybe like fourth fifth sixth grade or something like that i learned about the one drop rule that was like my first exposure to the one drop rule which is that if you have one drop of african american in your blood and it shows on your skin then you will be categorized as a black person as opposed to a white person because your skin is not white and all it takes is one drop i feel like people would take advantage of that rule now oh now i think it's a little bit different one drop my brother right (laughs) well like that like that catch me outside girl Mm -hmm. Uh uh-huh yeah now it's all trendy anyways but yeah so in in when i was really young i learned like that in history or whatever my teachers were like you know like that's that's how it sort of is is you know people will look at you and they'll say like well your skin's not white so you must be black but i have very light skin tone and your skin tone is a lot darker than me yeah. i would be called mixed i think if spanish, given or spanish yeah a people, lot of people, people think i'm spanish people come up oh, to me they're yeah. like okay so i'm like mm, no habla <laughs> jamaican yeah <laughs> when i worked at the mall that would happen to me all the time all like my patients do that they would just immediately go at you in Spanish and you have to be the asshole who says, I don't know how to speak Spanish. Say. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I would say like, I, I look mixed, but if somebody were to look at you, they would say that you look like a black man and not a mixed man. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
what do you identify as? So my mom hates it, but anytime I check the box for any document, I put black or African American. My mom's like, "What about me?" I'm like, "She says that." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Okay, sorry, I'll put other." Like, <laughs> my bad. <laughs> Those forms are very weird for me. Because it'll be like select all that apply. It'll be like Native American, African American, white. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. And when when you can check all that apply, it gets really because mm-hmm. sometimes I'll be like, "Well, where's French Canadian?" Like I I'm on there too, like Especially Native American, French ancest- Canadian, ancestry or something. And yeah. Like, Dang, I got a little bit of this. A little bit. Like, it's rough. In high school, so we went to the same high school. Mm-hmm. Part of the application process, I think on my applications, I marked black mm-hmm. instead of mixed or other. Mm-hmm. Well, that's how you, I mean, that's how you get the scholarships, but I also didn't want, like, you know, and that's kind of a mess, I don't know if that's a messed up thing to say, but you know that that's what they're looking for is a way to diversify their school. Mm. So if you put, if you mark the white box, instead of, you ain't getting no free money, you're not, yeah, they're going to just assume that you're white. You mark the black box, they're going to assume that you're black. I marked all the boxes and they're like, damn, okay. Oh, we'll get this kid in. Let me in. get the dean down here real quick. <laughs> we'll roll right. out the red carpet for this one. <laughs> um, but it's it's always felt like a weird thing for me to have to mark as many boxes as I can to sort of create the identity for myself right. on paper. I just always thought of what the look on whoever's face looked at the paper and they were like, hmm, Caleb's a white name. Oh, <laughs> American, huh? <laughs> African American. Like, what's the what the fuck? Yeah. I don't know. It just seemed cool. Yeah, and I mean, they, I wish that they're. I understand that the need to categorize in that way, but it does make me feel like I have to pick. Yeah. When I get fine. come across those forms, I have to either choose that I'm going to be a amalgamation of all the things that I, they have on this form, as many boxes as I, I can check, or I'm going to try to keep it simple and be like, well, if anybody walking down the street would be like, yep, that's that little black girl, so I might as well just check the little black box, right? American. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've been called that a couple times, so I'm just going to... You've been called what? Just like a little African boy or a little black boy. You've been, like, yeah? Yeah, just patients. Just like, they call you that sometimes. I mean, my, mainly, uh, like, psych patients. <laughs> yeah. I have There was one, okay. Oh, so, so, all right. How before, much, there's but, too much HIPAA, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> HIPAA is a real thing, and we no, will get into that. Oh, it is very real. <laughs> we will it's get into real. that, but that, that's a really good Ain't segue. No I wanted to ask you if, because being a mixed man or whatever, you know, you hear those mm-hmm. comments where they're like, oh, like, it, like I just said, if somebody saw me walking down the street, they'd be like, oh, no, I saw that, that mm-hmm. little black girl with the weird haircut, you know, like I would be the black girl instead of like what I actually am. Mm-hmm. But, um, I've, I personally have experienced racism in my life. Mm-hmm. And when I tell people that for the most part who are not black or mixed, they don't believe me. Oh. And a lot of it's a lot of what I have experienced have been like microaggressions it's not like i've been in a house where somebody graffitied on my garage door like, like go a, home or whatever it's like a soft um but 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 when but like people so for example one thing that really sticks out in my memory is i went to disney world or disneyland whichever one it is in florida, in florida. yeah which one? um disney I yeah i went to disney with my parents and my younger brother like years ago i maybe was 
14 or 15 mm-hmm. and we went to go see a show yeah and we went to go sit down and it was all sort of public seating and there was this old white couple yeah. and we sat next to them because there was a lot of room and when my dad sat down they the the woman turned to her husband and said i don't feel comfortable sitting here anymore <laughs> we need to move and they got up and left and my parents took that as a you know they took that and they were like they saw me see that happen and they did tell me like you know some people are like that you know some people that's just their reaction you know you can't take it personally but that is that is yeah i mean it's who cares i i had a great time watching the show but i do remember that moment and i was curious if you've ever experienced anything like that um, she got an inadvertent tummy tuck with her surgery. Oh. Yeah. So she she does look a little healthier than she did she before. She's slipping. She's slipping. Oh, she's good. She's very healthy. Double C. Hi, sweet girl. Hello. Come here. I mean, oh, yeah. Look at you. She is. She's doing great. Thank you. So much. She did get a little tummy tuck. Oh. <laughs> I'd say they were all funny events, though. Like, that's the thing. Like, most <laughs> like of them you didn't were. take them personally, or no, they didn't, well, like, hurt you. There was one of them where there was a patient that it was too easy for <laughs> Um, They were a code gray because they were combative, and they were being held down by security, and also most of the security guards on the shift were black, and they're like, I need two more black men in! Like, are there any more black men here? And I was like, yeah. Do you want them here? And they're like, yes, I want them all. And I was like, okay. Wait, the patient <laughs> wanted more black people in the room? A little something going on. Interesting. Okay. And then we gave them Adamant and they were nice. Uh, oh, okay. Adamant. All right. Or Haladol. One of, the, <laughs> one of the two. You keep pre-transitioning my topics here, Caleb. Sorry, I'm sorry. Well, what, Haladol? No, no, no. I... <laughs> All right, uh, God, you've got me all over the place now. We need, we need to start working on this recipe or we're never gonna have bread. Okay, so you and I, Mr. Mr. Caleb, all right. we are gonna make apple bread and it's a pretty simple recipe, no yeast required, which is nice. I'm gonna start preheating the oven, but you and I need to peel and shred most of these apples and then we'll cube maybe two of them to have like a nice chunky texture in there. Um, this recipe calls for four apples. I think we can probably get away with using four, five or maybe even six. I'm not sure. Six. There's six. there's six in there, but there, six, it's there's, two, there's three different kinds of apples that I've got over here. Alright, what, so what do we got? We got Granny Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, I see a little pink lady. Something in there. weird called Coravan or whatever, and then uh, Honey Crisp or whatever they are. So, okay. yeah, just <laughs> very technical with the, the types know, of apples. You know. Basically, you want something that's tart so that when it cooks, it's it doesn't it doesn't get mushy. It's you can Granny still Smith get the right apple there. consistency. Yeah, um, you still get the apple consistency in whatever you're baking. Okay. So, I'm going to put you on shredding duty, Perfect. and I'm going to peel them. So, I'll give you peeled apples, and then you shred the, the crap shredder. out of them. And then we'll start combining other ingredients after that because it's right. pretty straightforward. Okay, let me just wash Lavate Las Manos. <laughs> Always wash your hands so for at least 20 hands. seconds with firm pressure. 
Would you prefer a plate or a bowl to shred into? Uh, plate. Plate? So bowl will have me going crazy. All right, I'm ready. We're just gonna work around our, our each other here. Shredding. So I gotta start shredding, and what? while I while I do that, um, so yeah, you're pre-trained transitioning all of my topics here, Caleb. So I was gonna talk to you about. I'm just, I'm just making it. Um, like, whoa, okay. Whoa. When you <laughs> and I, when 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 we were in high school together, yes. one of the other things I talked to Devin about on his episode was how you were both sort of into cooking. Yeah. We yeah. were in high school. I firmly believed that you were going to be a cook. Yeah, me too. When you got out of high school. When you got out of high school, you too? Yeah, yeah. but no. That was the Johnson plan. and Wales is pricey. Um, <laughs> that's funny. Not uh, because, you know, in a surprising all of us, you instead mm -hmm. decided to take the route okay. of the hero, the hero, a very noble oh, oh, career pursuit oh, of being a nurse. Yeah. And I yeah. wanted to ask you about that, about what, how you picked it and what it's like to be a male nurse oh, Lord. in 2020. Okay. All right, that's a loaded question. But yeah. Um, <clears throat> Where did, let's, let's just start with how, how did you get there? So I got there because my grandmother was also a nurse and she now has early onset alzheimer's and my other grandma suffered a stroke so we've been kind of taking care of both of them and my mom also kind of twisted my arm into it and they're like oh yeah it's gonna be great don't do it <laughs> so <laughs> your mom was really wanting she you was, to be a nurse yeah she was very adamant on me she's like oh she wanted me to have a profession that had good income and i was like i guess so uh, I want to be young, wild, and free, but okay. Um, but I tried it, and I actually loved it. So it was, it was uh, honestly, a win-win. So uh, I started with my LNA, and I worked at a long-term care facility, which really sucked. Um, <laughs> then I did a mental health facility, which was, it wasn't acute, but it was like chronic Alzheimer's memory loss. Uh, our youngest patient was like 50, which kind of sucked. What's the difference between that and a long-term care facility? A long-term care is just like, uh, like, like physical disability or like, like they're just old. Okay. You know what I mean? Like the geriatric population. Oh, okay. Uh, the in, uh, the mental aspect of it was like, they were like 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, but they had... Like a little bit of schizophrenia, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. So I'm thinking I can shave a good amount of all of them, and then we can just cut cubes out of the rest because I got a big old yeah, chunk uh, of stuff. There's like, stuff probably stuck inside too yeah. if you want a spatula. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like I started there, and I did some home health care nursing. Um, that I did. What kind of patients were you working with for home care? I, I only had one. Well, actually, I had two patients. Let's say. I had one that was like an older couple, and it was just doing the general day-to-day -day stuff. It was okay. Let's um, do some exercises. I made him dinners. <laughs> um, like there was one night I made 
beans and hot dogs. And I don't think they appreciated it, but like <laughs> I cut up the hot dogs and like I didn't flaunt bam, but I like like I sautéed them up and like yeah, some spices you try to make and them stuff. Nice. And I'm like, how do I make hot dogs and beans gourmet? Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, they ended up not needing me after a little while, and we just played Uno and watched uh, like I don't know like some travel shows. Okay, I watched every episode. I'm like, oh Jesus. <laughs> um, yeah, we did that, and then I took care of a little boy with uh, cerebral palsy. Um, that was great, because we just played Yu-Gi-Oh! And went for walk. Well, you know, we went on, like, trails and stuff like that. I'd take him, and his mom was very adamant on getting him healthy, getting him, like, back to his abilities. So, what's cerebral palsy as so, far as needing assistance? It, it pretty much means that everything's there via the neural stimulation like when you want to move your legs your brain tells your body to move their legs but in this disease there's no the synapses aren't there like there's not a strong enough signal for the brain to tell the legs so or whatever part of the body in that case the legs become weak they they're not used so there's no muscle so every day we would do exercises strengthen them up and then we do like you know when you're when you're a baby and you're in one of those cradle things that kind of bounces you around but you're kind of still standing yeah it's like that to where it's it's like it's like uh exercise but it's very light and you try to just it gets that muscle memory back through, oh, you know? okay so he had a bike that when i pushed it the wheels the the pedals spun for his legs but even still he could do a little bit of it so it kind of helps get that muscle memory going. Not all cases are, are curable. Was his? I don't know. Uh, still, I don't know. I know they went. I know in California there was a doctor that has robotic legs. Uh-huh. They hook them up to him and he's able to walk for a while. Oh, okay. Um, That's cool. But it was only for like a, a small test. It wasn't. Right. It wasn't for like his life. But he was very happy. He was, I was sad to leave him. Yeah. After after that job, what did you move on to? After that, I worked at a liquor store. Uh, <laughs> In the interim. <laughs> yeah. I worked at, I was doing home health care. I worked at a liquor store, and I was uh, mowing foreman for a landscaping company. Um, I was doing that while I was going to nursing school. It took me forever just because A&P is a son of a bitch. I never, that's one class that I never finished was uh, anatomy and physiology. I finished it twice. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that was the most strenuous, Our bodies are so class. complicated. It's so fucking complicated. <laughs> AMP1's all just anatomy of bones. It's like, oh. Where's this bone? What's it connected to? And that, it's not even, it's like, here's the femur. Now name all the subclassifications of the femur, and there's 20 of them, and you have a lot of bones, <laughs> so be ready. So, I'm just memorizing bone structures. I don't remember anything. And once you finished those classes? So I finished those. Uh, I did like microbiology and all that grand stuff. Got my associates. I started working in a rehab, physical rehab. Center. Everything was on paper, so it was, it was hella annoying just because 
very easy to make a med error, very easy to mess up it's because you're just starting out and you don't really know how to be a nurse in general. So I, I was only there for about four months. And then I, now I work at Southern New Hampshire University um, on a cardiac unit. It's technically an ICU step-down unit, but there's no in, intubations. Uh, it's a lot of heavy grips, um, post-op procedures, and kind of like just making sure everybody's stable and everything like that. So, so when you say cardiac unit, you're not dealing with people who are coming in who are currently having a heart attack? Well, sometimes, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, it depends on the situation, but <clears throat> I had a person that was having an NSTEMI, which is a non-ST elevated myocardial infarction, which pretty much means a small heart attack. Um, and... <clears throat> are you the person who deals with that? Uh, I'm one of the people that, so if they come on the floor, uh, nine times out of 10 people that come on the floor with chest pain. When you say, what does come on the floor mean? Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> when, when we get admissions and there are chest pain rule out, it could be chest pain for it. It could be like, I have pneumonia and I have chest pain cause I've been coughing. My, my or I was just pain. running for an hour and now my chest hurts. Or, or, or any of those? I got like a 30 year old and there was like, I, I was doing a CrossFit class an hour longer than usual and my chest just really hurts. And I'm like, <laughs> Might be because you just worked a whole bunch of muscles you never huh. worked before. <laughs> yeah, huh. So, they were fine. Oh, so, good, good, good. So, we always do a cardiac workout. They, they come up to the floor. We check a troponin, which shows uh, any um, heart damage. Check a BNP to show any heart and kidney damage. If the BNP is high, we give them Lasix to help pee off fluids. Um, the troponins are elevated. Oh, we do careful. Do you need a band-aid? No, no. If the <laughs> troponins are elevated, we do repeat troponins. We give them uh, cardiac medications. Okay, that's just pee. You sure you don't need a band-aid? Yeah, I'm not bleeding. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we just do tests. Usually to rule out a, a chest pain, we do a... Either a, either a uh, oh, sorry. Fuck. A, a stress test, a dibutamine echo... Or sometimes they do cardiac caths. It's a lot of words that I, I don't know what that means. Uh, uh, <laughs> but are you are you dealing with people who are going in and out of surgeries or people uh, who are having? Uh, so you said post operate post op. So the past couple of weeks I've been having a lot of GI bleeds, and they've been getting uh, colonoscopies and EGDs, which are esophageal uh, gastroduodenoscopies, which pretty much <laughs> means it goes down the esophagus. The gastro is the gastric, which is the stomach, yeah, and then stomach. the duodenum's right afterwards. Okay. So they go through that. Uh, if they have to clear any areas out, um, or they find any bleeds, that's when they they stent or anything, cauterize, cauterize if you will. So Put just very briefly, there. can you walk me through what <clears throat> your <throat> typical day looks like? Are you interested so, in, in in cubing any of yeah, the yeah, remainder yeah, on yeah. these? That's what I was, yeah, Because that can go in here. Yes, that's what I was yeah, thinking. cool, cool. <laughs> so that's some good shredding, man. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. I think it's gonna be a very moist. Oh uh, yeah. Apple bread. The moistest. <laughs> so my normal day would be, I wake up at five thirty. Um, get to work at around six. 
Oh, uh, what else do I do? Uh, I will find out who my patients are, look up, look them up a little bit. Pretty much look up their basic vital signs, lab work, tests that they've done, why they came in, uh, who the doctor is. Come just kind of right here. Oh yeah, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I just don't want to. I, just, I, I can get you a flap. Uh, no, I just, I just don't want to like mess anything up. Oh no, no, you're good. You're good. <laughs> um, so I'll just get a report from everybody. Um, and then I'll do med passes. We introduce everybody ourselves while we do report. So kind of, I'm not walking into a per patient's room. They're like, who's this random dude? Like, he wants to put an injection in me or he wants to do this. Why is he doing it? Wait, so your day starts with you getting paperwork? Or doing paperwork. Uh, like, like, I have my own, we call them the brains, the nursing brain. Mm-mm. Huh? The nursing brain? Yeah, do I just put this here? Yeah. <clears throat> and it's pretty much a spreadsheet of the way you line up your data. So my brain has a spot to put all their information, name, date of birth, uh, sex, um, medications they take and I'm allergic to, what time I'm giving meds, lab work, vital signs, all that good stuff. And that kind of helps me set up my day. Like, okay, this patient came in with um, like a question of a stroke, so I need to check them first and do some neuro assessments and make sure they're doing okay. Or this patient just came in, they were shoveling, they had a little fall, and they're 40 and they're fine. Like, it kind of like helps you understand what you're doing for the day. Before you walk in and actually physically meet the person. Yeah, yeah, you get them on paper and then you meet them. Usually when you see them on paper, it's a lot, it sounds a lot worse than that what they actually are. Anybody that's detoxing, you're like, oh shit, here we go. And then you walk in and they're, they're fine. So, um, what's that it? Oh yeah. Alright, cool. Um, well, yeah, I do that. Anyone here? Um, so, nice. Alright, so we've got our bowl of shredded apples, mm -hmm. a couple cubed... Um, the next step is to mix, so I'm going to have you use this and just sort of fold in the two cups of sugar, gotcha. um, and then we're going to have that like sit for a couple minutes mixed in with itself. Eh. Dang. It's a lot of sugar, huh? Yeah. That's... Yeah. I was just thinking like, that's a lot of fucking sugar, but we're making two this loaves. This makes my teeth hurt. Two loaves of bread, so. I just had two fillings. <laughs> with this. Oh, the dentist is the <sighs> worst. It was bad because I had two fillings cleaning and I got new retainers because I lost mine about 10 years ago <laughs> so when are you supposed to wear that I just wear them at night oh. when I go to bed just oh. keep everything where it is <laughs> keep everything stationary <laughs> so, uh, I used to I there was only one dentist that I used to enjoy and it it was this like very pretty girl and she mm -hmm. would like basically like have her chest like, on my forehead hey. the whole time that she was cleaning my teeth so uh, i was just focusing on her <laughs> on her boobs on my forehead and not paying attention to what's happening in my mouth it Anyways. makes lidocaine bearable right? yeah <laughs> i've never i've only ever had one cavity so really must yeah. be nice yeah <laughs> not to brag I, or anything i had to get lidocaine injections in my gums when they did it Ooh. which sounds horrible but it's they numb the area but they just don't tell you when it's happening yeah they're like okay let's do it and they they're their syringes are like those 
old timey metal ones that you see the in the eighties. Yeah, like, with like, the two like, looped yeah, sides at the bottom, like, the like two the, looped circles at the, the bottom. The crazy scientists yeah. within the laboratories, <laughs> like, yeah, I'm gonna inject this random substance into you. And I'm yeah. Like, oh, okay. The ones in the movies where when it cracks really dramatically yeah. on the floor, it's like, like two pieces of glass and the yeah, the serum. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, cool. So, wow, that was oh so weird. When you so when the bowl of shredded apples and uh, when it was sitting there, there wasn't any liquid. And I'm reading the recipe, and it says to um, to fold in the sugar and then let sit for 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. and, and then it says there will be a lot of liquid, and I didn't believe it. But <laughs> as you were just mixing in the sugar all this liquid just appeared oh, hey. in that bowl. So we're gonna have this sit for about 15 minutes. Okay. And while that does that, we are going to mix some other things together. Mm -hmm. um, we're gonna whisk together pretty much all the other dry ingredients. Okay. So I'm gonna hand them to you one by one and then maybe you can just put them all together okay, in so this bowl here. That was all the sugar, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, what else do we need? We need flour, mm. baking powder, baking soda, salt, cinnamon, and nutmeg. Dang. So, <gasps> flour. How much flour? Three cups. Am I gonna be able? To, I'm not gonna be able to fit three cups of flour it's in that bowl. It's gonna be messy. <laughs> Guarantee it. <laughs> I've done. I've done it, and it's horrible. Um, you regret it. Yeah, I already. I'm like, man, where am I gonna find a bowl big enough for this? Um, let me see if there's something in the dishwasher. Hey, you wanna use that? Yeah, I'll wash this out. Cool. Yeah, my days, my days were very stressful the past couple days. I did cry like three days ago. You and cried it, it, at work? Yeah, yeah. It was like in the break room. It was, it was away from people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, embarrassing. that's where you find you find that moment to just like release. Yeah, well, I was having a snack valve. and then I just teared up. You know, oh. like, it happens. You know, I was, I was eating my, what was it about? Uh, my patient was put on CMO, which is comfort measures only. It's like when they're about to die. Um, oh, comfort measures only. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's full code, which is if you were to pass out, your heart stops. You do CPR. Mm. Uh, DNR DNI is do not resuscitate, do not intubate. And that's like, I don't want CPR. I don't want this because... If I'm dying, let me die. Yeah. Okay. And CMO's like... They're on their way out. We're not doing anything to treat any of your symptoms, except for pain and except for... We're making you comfortable. Oh, okay. So they'll give you morphine. They'll give you cough medicine. They'll give you this, even if it kills you. So one of your patients was like, put they're, on that? They're on, they were on CMO, and it was this whole thing with the family because I started to get really friendly with the family. And... Like, it just teared me up because I couldn't get into a hospice house, which is, like, really nice. They're, like, swanky. Yeah. Like, and because my patient was like, I didn't want to die. I don't want to die in the hospital. And I was like, shit. So, You're I trying don't... to find a way to get him out. Mm-hmm. I had that. And then my other patient was, uh, their, his, their bowel movements were, like, bright red. <gasps> oh, no. Uh, so they had to go down and get a, an emergency colonoscopy. But they did that on my shift. They waited until I got on. And then they were like, hey, you're pooping right in front of my blood. Here you go. Maybe so you had to do that test? So no, no. I had to, like, call the doc and be like, you need to come here now. Because oh. this isn't, like, their H&H &H is something we watch for and, and 
blood values to see um, how much blood you have. Like you're supposed to have like technically like five to seven liters. And this, in your body? This person had two or three. <gasps> and you're, what? That's like bad. That's after three or four blood transfusions. A normal person is supposed to have five to seven liters of blood. And depending on size and age and, and gender. Oh, okay. And this person was Had down like three. To, to two or three. Yeah, which is barely livable. And they were asymptomatic. They didn't have any symptoms, which was crazy to me. So I was like, eh. So, so they were just losing blood through their stool? And uh, Yeah, well, they were just using, losing blood somewhere through their GI system. Oh, okay. So they were, in their case, it was a Duwanda Walser. Um, so they did an EGD. I didn't. I didn't want to startle you, but I. I know you haven't seen Newt, and I knew she was. She's not like super friendly, but she'll. Oh, she's friendly with me. Yeah, it's okay, sweet girl. She's not big on the. That's fine. That's cool. That's like the closest you'll get to her Ooh. being like, "You're cool. You I'm can cool pet me." It. Yeah. Yeah. You should reach out and 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 just pet her. Yeah. Thank you, girl. So yeah, we <laughs> have to emergently bring them down for a, a colonoscopy. And they got two more uh, units of packed red blood cells. And then my mission was losing blood through their GI system again, they had a GI bleed, and they had to get a transfusion before they went for a colonoscopy. Um, so. All right, so I, just to get back to what you were saying, yeah. so it's so you were just saying that you, one of your um, patients, not to like re have you relive it or so whatever. I, I don't care. <laughs> Uh, you had to contact the doctor and say, hey, you yeah, have yeah. to come. Is that normally part of your mm -hmm. job it's, description? I mean, if it's emergent, yeah. So usually around, we have a huddle. So the doctors and nurses and case managers get together and they're like, and that's when I can say, okay, uh, this patient's blood pressure was 180 over 90. I'm concerned they need blood pressure meds or this patient has been... Uh, had a really bad smelling stool. I'm nervous that they have C. diff in their stool or... But you're the person who has to advocate for your patient yeah, yeah, to get the doctor to come down. That's literally part of my job description is advocate. Is advocate. <laughs> that's most of it. Oh wow. <laughs> that's that's most of it. I think there's a class on it. How many um how big is your caseload? Usually four patients. So I went up to per five. week? No, per day. Per four or five does it does it change? Uh, it depends. So we start to do pods. So you'll have four patients pretty close in close proximity. And usually you get the four patients back. Uh, more often than not, though, you'll have, uh, they'll leave, or you'll have a new admission, or this, that, the other thing, and then your your assignment changes. So, I've had days where I've had three different assignments, so four patients each. Mm. So, I'd be on one floor for four hours, be on another floor, get a new assignment of four, and then be on another floor, get a new assignment of four. So, oh, wow. It sucks. <laughs> well, because, and then you, you, because you build attachments. Sometimes. Yeah. Other, other times. times. Well, because I know that you've had experiences where you've had patients who didn't necessarily want you to be the person who was helping them. Yeah, right? that was only a couple times. There was a asshole. Like, they <laughs> was were... he, do you think he was racist or he was just a jerk? He was just a jerk. Like, he was just a jerk to everybody. Because I know you've heard racist comments from some of your older patients in the past. Yeah, I've heard a lot of, like, the old ladies hit on me. And they're like, oh, when are you coming back? And I'm like, I'm not your nurse. She's like, that wasn't the question. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> Watch out. So when are you like, coming back? <laughs> so 
I, I get hit on a lot by the older the older uh, the older females. ladies yeah. um, a lot of the people are very nice I have I've only had a couple times when it's just like mm, mm, like because I remember I remember one time you told me about somebody who had made a comment and it wasn't in a negative oh, but way yeah, but it, she just I think she said like that Oh, that black... Oh, no, that was when I was working at Fairview. It was an L&A. Oh. And that was one of... Oh, I, I love that patient. They were... <laughs> they always tried to get out. They're like, let me out of here. I'm like, we can't let you out. Your family's coming. They're like, fine, but I want a cookie. And we're like, <laughs> we're like all right, come on. <laughs> <laughs> all right, fine, we'll get you a cookie. And it's like, could that nice-looking black boy get me a cookie? And I'm like, come on down. I'll get you a cookie. Like, it's like... It's, it ain't no thing. Like, it's, it's just... Like, I knew they didn't mean it ill will. Like, right. You know, so it, it's it's like, more a generational thing exactly. than anything else. They were like 90, you know. I'm not going <laughs> to burst their bubble about... 90 They, they and probably don't know what year it is, so yeah. I don't want to be like, hey, you... <laughs> that ain't cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, more broadly, I was, I was wondering if... Hmm. All right. I don't know how else to ask this question other than... Bluntly. What is it like to be a male nurse as opposed to a female nurse? I get I get hit on a lot. You don't think the female nurses get hit on by male patients? I think they get hit on in secret. Like And you get hit on in the open? Mm-hmm. Like, like <laughs> I feel like like all my patients that are males, they'll be like, Oh, who's that good looking nurse before you? I'm like, I don't know. And they're like, oh, oh I'm, like, I'm like, are you, are you sad to have me? What do you want? Yeah, like, <laughs> what do you want? You're getting heparin now. <laughs> you're getting an injection. Like, but like, I think the male, it depends the age. Because the older males will just, a lot of them will just be like, oh, you have beautiful hair. Oh, this, that, the other thing. And the younger males don't really talk. Sometimes, depends. Like they'll and or they'll be like, yeah, I'm just kind of hanging out, or I don't know. It's usually the older guys that are just like, hey, you're cute or something. To sometimes the, they can to be the weird. Nurses? Yeah, sometimes they can be real weird about it. Well, what about as far as what's expected of you? So, like, are you as a male nurse, if somebody needs to be held down, are you supposed to be like an orderly and then that female is protocol nurses? for our facility? So, if there's a code gray, which is a combative patient, yeah, all male personnel no matter what station they're in or where they are goes to that location so there were i've been to like 10 20 code grays maybe and i've all they're they're mainly like old males and females that are just confused or they're just like i'm leaving like i, I had a guy that was like trying to leave with a walker and leave the hospital yeah they're they like i'm leaving it was like this really skinny old guy and we're like come on now come and on. you're like, like where do you think you're gonna go man because security goes to the call and then all the guys from all the floors go to the call they're not busy with something else and like there was one one guy in the ed they were like giant they were like bill's height but an extra 150 pounds like it looked like they were I was just like, like 610 yeah i was just like like 10 of us and one of you and i'm still nervous like you, know, like, <laughs> you guys had to con like like we had to restrain him you can't so there's a, a detox room if the patient was too combative in the ed you put them in the room they can't hurt themselves with anything everything's nailed down everything's yeah. like padded so we have to put them in there until we figure out what to do so me and a few people from security put them down there was there was one guy on our floor they had um 
had uh, encephalopathy of the brain, which pretty much it, we call it mush brain. So if you drink too much, you get mush brain. You kind of just kind of... Is that permanent or... Yeah, usually. Oh, um, shit. So uh, there's this funny guy, but every so often if you if you say like, hey, you can't have this or you can't be doing that, he'll be like, well, I can do whatever I want. And there was one time we had to carry him in to his room. So I had both his back legs and then there was a security guard on either side of him in the front. And... He was like, let go of me, let go of me. I know my rights. And I was like, mm, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I know my so rights, we had to We had to restrain him on, in the bed and everything. Mm. But like in that code, there were about 15 people outside the room ready to like react. Because say if the code gray, if, if it was a confused patient with a knife. Had a mm. knife, even a fork or something. Yeah, just and something then, sharp and up. Yeah, it's it's more apt for them to put down whatever weapon they have if there's ten or twenty people ready to go. You know what I mean? Like they're just like, mm -mm. yeah, like, don't do it. But being a guy, I mean, people ask me to boost people in bed a lot, or like just for the physical help. Yeah, of, yeah, of moving them. The most often comment, they're just like. Caleb, we need your muscles. And I'm like, oh, I can't say no. <laughs> so. When you put it like that, ladies, how can I not help you? <laughs> so, I don't know. It's, I, a lot of people say like, oh, there's not enough male nurses on the field. And, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're right. So they, people, like, female nurses would like to see more male nurses? Just because uh, patients are physically and physically heavy yeah and and <laughs> I, so, so some of the I'm not I'm not trying to sound bad but like some of the guys on our floor are very rigid like like they're military so nothing phases them so like if someone's breaking down or anything male or female they're like you gotta just take a breather and then come back mm -hmm. like my preceptor uh, she is the most intimidating person you've ever met. If you don't know them, if you don't know them, what's her title? No, uh, she's an RN. What? What uh, did you just call her? Pre? Uh, she was. She was my priest. So when I first started, she like, she was my mentor, if you will. Oh, okay. And she was like, this what's is how you word? do this. Preceptor. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And she was like, yeah, sure. And she's like, this is how you do this. Yeah, you do this. And like, she caught me in a couple lies before, and she's like. Is this lies? Yeah, yeah. N nothing crazy. Like, <laughs> like I, I had a pill drop on the ground, and they were like, "What pills that?" I'm like, "Multivitamin." And she's like, "No." Nope. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't a multivitamin. No, exactly. So I'm like, "I'm sorry." She's like, "You're if you're sorry, you won't do it again." I'm like, "Yeah, that's right." So, like, I, I had a, a worker that was bawling her eyes out a couple. My last shift, actually. And I just kind of... Another nurse? Yeah, yeah. And, and anytime that happens, I usually give them one of the snacks from my lunchbox and we talk. Like, Aww, <laughs> Caleb. So I gave her some fruit and we just talked. And she's like, this is so hard. I'm like, you started this. You're going to have a day like that in a couple of days. And I was like that. So, I don't know. Because it's... It, what makes up... What makes it hard? Is it the connections to people? It is it be, not being able to help everybody? Is it just like no, not being able to fill the demands? No, it can just be a bullshit day. Like my last two weeks have just been like 
people ask too much of you sometimes. Like the doctors will be like, what's going on with this? I need this. Like I, when the patient's like, I need this, I need this. Mm-hmm. And then times that by four. And then times that by 10 because you have everybody else going. Like it's like you're asked of a lot. As a, as a nurse. Mm-hmm. Like, like you could be like, hey, this patient's not doing good. And the doctor's like, no, nah, they're fine. And you're like, they're not doing well. And then they start to decline. You're like, they're really not doing well. They're like, okay, maybe we should do something. And then they'll turn around and be like, why didn't you tell me sooner? And, and you're, you're looking like, at them like, like, <laughs> like I, I, what? <laughs> I'm over here doing my best. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it, it's, it's a good, it's a, it's a, I should say it's a great hospital, but it's, it's a stressful job. It's I, stressful. I don't think that everybody is cut out it's, to be a nurse. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> and so, I, do you feel burnt out yet? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I can say that. Yeah, I feel pretty burnt out. But that's just, I'm burnt out with the population I'm dealing with. Like, it's either, like, I, Well, but so, you're in a cardiac unit, so yeah. everything's sort of serious. Exactly. But, like, I, I love when I get patients that are like, oh, thank you. Oh, like, I don't want to bother you or this, that, the other thing. And then I hate patients that are like... Hey, Give me I, I, this. I Give need me that. I need fucking morphine. Yeah. I'm allergic to oxycodone and morphine and tramadol, but I liked a lot. And I'm like, you're 95. Like, you're <laughs> you know way too much about these drugs. <laughs> you gon' die. <laughs> like, it's like, I'm not burnt out from the job. I'm just burnt out from some of the patients that are. I don't want to say ungrateful because that just sounds like. Sometimes they are. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Like. Uh. Well, I remember when you were first about to do this, and you were telling I, I had asked you why you wouldn't just go straight to pediatrics, where mm. you work with kids. Yeah. And you said that's for the end of the career. You don't do that at the beginning when you have energy yeah. and you have time <laughs> and like the wherewithal to to help yeah. in the moment. You do pediatrics when you're burnt out and you're done. And that's a very I mean, interesting way to approach a career, I feel, I don't is mean, to prepare mean to make later it sound and be easier. Fucking... <laughs> well, no, that no. just sounds really sad. Well, no, no, because, I mean, there are people who go into to, to the, the medical field with yeah. the intention of working with children or with the yeah, intention yeah. of working in the ER. And and it was it was interesting for me to hear your like, ha- so, how you would approach going through you and Sydney because you've already bounced back and forth between different yeah. environments basically where you're where there are different um things that are required of you or asked yeah. of you like it's it's i think of it as like you want to have i i'd rather my adult patient code than my 10 year old patient code you know what i mean i'd, I'd rather have the skills and knowledge with pediatrics and say, okay, I feel comfortable if if something was to happen to this child, I could more often than not help them and make sure they're okay. Because the last, I, I feel like if, if, if a child died on my watch, I'd be like, I'm done. Like You would just be done with I, nursing. Completely. I think I'd be, that's the thing. Like, I yeah. think I'd be done. I'd be like, nope, nope. Like, I've had a patient or two die on my watch, but it was just like natural. And nothing you could have done. Yeah. Like everything, like everything was in place. There were CMO. We were giving them morphine, and it was just like, okay, family's here. That's a very, that's yeah. a very heavy thing to have to deal with at work. Like especially, I so mean, you're you're a nurse, and I I leave my work at work. Yeah, yeah. 
I can get up from my computer and then like not have to bring any of my work home with me. Yeah. But you in particular, like the, the career okay. path that you've chosen, she's not gonna get into any of that, it's okay. fine. <laughs> the career path you've chosen has left you very open to being emotionally affected by your job. Yeah. And did they prepare you for any of that I in mean, school? Like what it would be like when you're working with a patient and they die and there wasn't anything you could do to the, help? They showed, they showed you how to clean the patient up for the morgue but other than that but like, none of the like I mean the the facility I'm working at they're like if you there's like therapy talks if you want there's group sessions if you want they provide you resources yeah it's not like hey sorry you're crying <laughs> like it's not like time to get back to work yeah, here's yeah. your new patient you get your 30 minute lunches up yeah like, it's like hey if you need the rest of the day off let me know if uh, you need somebody to talk to yeah yeah go down there it's oh okay nice. that's it's good nice. it's and it's not, it's not like they're like, hey, you got to work X amount of days. Like, they're very nice about it. Like, I've had, not, not the death per se, but I've had times when one floor was, it was just being very unfair to my patient in the sense that they were not doing what was safe. Like, they were like, oh, you have to stop a, a medication that is vital to their, to their cardiac health. And we're like, we can't do that. And it was this big incident, and it's just, I don't it, It's better to, I don't know. They, they're very good at taking care of their own, which is nice. And that's what you need. You really do. Is this the second or third place you've worked? Second. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. As an RN. Yes. Yeah. This is second. But I've worked here more, a little more than a year. Okay. Yeah, I like it. It's, it's really, I'm learning, I still learn a lot every I've always been curious if if the if it's a different job being a male nurse than a female nurse, mm. just because of what's expected of you in certain situations, like having to restrain people or having to, being the muscle. Basically, mm. um, I wondered if that changed what like the it. aspects of your job would be. Um, but like you just said, it, it's it's based on the hospital. So your hospital's policy mm -hmm. is that the that any man who's able-bodied get to that place yeah, to or help female out. Female too, but it's. Do they teach female nurses restraints, or do they only mm -hmm. teach? Oh, so okay. they have a safety course for specifically female patients. So like security. Uh, female patients or female nurses? Oh, sorry, female nurses. Oh, okay. And security, like most of them are like war vets. Um, military, police, any type of law enforcement or something, and they'll they'll have uh, meetings with nurses and be like, because we have parking garages, oh, we have yeah. dark parking lots, and they'll be like, you're getting out at midnight because you worked at eleven to eleven. Mm -hmm. You're tired. You're fatigued. You want to go home. You're taking out your keys, and someone pulls a knife on you in the parking lot. What do you do? Well, yeah. And they show you grapples if someone grabs you from the back. Um, literally there was one that was like, if a guy has a knife, yeah, you literally go distraction and then you run and like, <laughs> like distraction and then run the opposite yeah. direction. Or if there, if there's a person with a knife to your neck or something like that, they always tell you to bring the cupcake in. Um, so if the knife's down here and their hands like this way, you bring yeah. the cupcake in or you do a headbutt or you do a little knee. Yeah. Um, Something like that. But like they, they do Those are things that I would just like to know as a exactly. woman, I mean, even though I'm not a nurse, I still want to know how to <laughs> They think of every aspect and 
I think specifically it's because they're a nonprofit. Oh, okay. And they're more like, okay, how do we make our employees happy to make the patient happy? And everybody's safe. Because I was told financially our floor makes more money than all the floors. Oh, wow. Just because of the, I, with cardiac, it's a million dollar workup. I'll tell you right now. Yeah. You have so many damn tests, and every test costs like thousands of Thousands of dollars. Ugh. I feel so bad. I, you know, I have two you friends. You were my, I, I, you were one of two of my friends who's a nurse. So mm -hmm. Casey's also a nurse. Yeah. And one of the questions that I asked her was about last year, if being a nurse means that you know more about the health insurance process yeah. than the average person. And she's like, no, I couldn't tell you. No? I couldn't tell you. She's like, I couldn't tell you anything about like, I know how certain things will help you or hurt you or, oh, you saying. know, like more money versus less money versus it, it. It's like, so I think of it as like when you go in there and you have a, a symptom, they have to do a, they have a specific protocol for each symptom. And then it's like, okay, everything was negative and you still have these symptoms. What do we do? And then they run more tests and then it's like, okay, symptoms still there. What do we do? Run more tests, but they're more extensive and more detailed and more expensive. And, and everything and, costs something. And it's like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like my patients with diabetes, I hate it because sometimes if a patient comes in with a high blood sugar, uh, they give them a shot of insulin from a vial or a pen and then that's theirs. They paid for it. Like, Whether they uh, they didn't ask for it, but it's now theirs. To so they, they can, they can, uh, what's the word? They, 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 they can say no to it, but if their blood sugar is like 500 or something, we're, we're giving you two whether you want to or not. Right, because you need life. it. But if it's like 200, uh, I tell people, listen, you're not a diabetic. It's 200 because you just had a toaster strudel five minutes ago. I know this. No, thank you. And if I do this, and this is the only time you get insulin, you have to pay about $250 for this pen that mm -hmm. we're going to throw away. You cannot keep it. And that pen's, its use is like for a month. Like we throw away, I, I want to say like 15 pens in the last week. And they're like, or like if we're giving morphine, it comes in a 20 milligram syringe and we only give 2.5 milligrams of it per use, but we have to waste the rest of it each time we get morphine. So if you have a CMO patient, you can get morphine every two hours. And if someone's getting it every two hours on the clock, you get 12 syringes of morphine, 2.5 milligrams, and you're wasting the 17.5 milligram syringe, 12 of them. And by wasting, you mean they get thrown literally out. thrown in the trash. Yeah. So like, that's every day. That's normal. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. So I was like, why can't we just make like, Smaller Five milligram, ones. two milligram, like something. So that it, the, always it comes doesn't get wasted because that, that gets paid. The whole thing gets paid for, yep. but then only like whatever percentage of it gets used. And the, and the patient, like we can't specifically tell them like, hey, you're kind of paying for this whole thing. Like, well, yeah, as, like, the, as you're sticking the needle if, into their arm. If they ask me, hey, was there more morphine in this and am I paying for that? I say yes. And they can do it. But you don't have to volunteer that information if all you're doing is training I, I technically do. I should not. <gasps> like you are, you are instructed technically to not bring it up. I mean, we're not. It's not even like 
something they tell us not to bring up. We just don't bring it up because we don't realize it. Yeah, because like, you're I, just your pro, your mind is in the treating, yeah, yeah. not in the how much it costs and, for them to get treated. It, it, it may be that they only pay for the two point five, and then the company takes the cost of the rest. But I, I'm almost positive that the patient is charged for it. So that's nursing, real life versus nurse. real life nurses. Like, yeah. Um, so I basically mix what I mix. did. Do we drain that water? So no, we leave Ooh, it in there. That's a good spot. Yeah. So it should be nice and good. So basically, what I did so far was we had the shreds, we had them sit in the sugar all mixed up together. It mm -hmm. created the liquid. Okay. Then I added um, the recipe called for vegetable oil, but what I read online was what makes a more moist apple Come bread is applesauce instead of vegetable oil. So I did half a cup of applesauce instead of the vegetable oil, um, eggs, two eggs, and um, cinnamon and nutmeg. This recipe also called for raisins. I don't like raisins. Gross. Yeah, good. I didn't think you liked raisins either. I love oatmeal raisin. <laughs> I don't like raisins in my bread. Yeah, yeah. So we skipped the raisins. Um, they also said like you could add pecans. I skipped the, the nuts as well. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah. now we're just going to take the wet, all, this whole bowl, the and wet, dump wet. it and mix it with the dry. All right, let's do this. Which is the flour, baking powder, baking soda, salt, oh. uh, cinnamon, and nutmeg. Oh, that sounds goopy. Yeah, that did sound goopy. <laughs> so we're gonna mix until uh, until just mixed together. So okay. you don't want to over mix it, and then we'll pour it into the two pans, All right. and we'll bake it for fifty five minutes. All right, let's do it. Should be good. I've never made apple bread before. I'm not either. I've I made think banana maybe bread. Like middle school. But that's it. Like for class or something. Like for my my cooking. Class. I mean, I made banana bread. I made pumpkin spice bread. I made. Oh, pumpkin spice! So good. I almost did pumpkin spice for your recipe. Hey, you know, I love that. <laughs> that delicious. Yeah, this should be good. I wanted to do something that I'd never made before. Yeah. Um. I, I was wondering what we were gonna make. I was honestly. Thinking, <laughs> and then I was like, we'll do two loaves so you can bring one home. Um. We've been doing a lot of talking and not a lot of talking about the recipe, but basically everything's been poured into both pans now and the oven's at 350 degrees and Bill is back. How convenient. <laughs> um, so we're going to put these two loaf pans in the oven for 55 minutes and then hopefully they come out cooked and we'll see how that goes. That'd be a good loaf. That'd be a good loaf. Mm. Mm -hmm. I'm going to leave. Okay. We'll be done in about 40 minutes, Bill. You can come back for the reveal if you want. I should have stayed in my parents. <laughs> I should have never moved out. Petulant child. <laughs>
only very recently did your mom talk to me about it. She and it very much. yeah, and she showed me the tree that was planted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to ask you about your aunt because that's a very particular sort of experience to have. Yeah. So, so sorry. So, yeah, no, we can start over. So, aunt your aunt Nancy, not. Mm-hmm. Is your sister's, I mean, your mom's sister? Yes, that passed away. And she was working in the Peace Corps Mm -hmm. in Africa. Yeah. And was she, when you say two racist guys, do you mean two white men in Africa? I was told that two white men killed her because of what she was doing. I don't know if this was in Africa or if this came back to the States or something. Um, Do you know about what, what year this was? No, it was before, before you I, were born. I, no, so she, I was maybe like four or five. She met me a couple times when I was tiny, tiny. Okay. I just don't remember it because mm-hmm. I was so young. But yeah, I was told that I have to read the book at some point. Was, so there's a book about her. Yeah, it's called Ode de Nancy by Constance Cotu, my grandmother. Um, Your grandmother wrote the book? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, she wrote it. Um, I just never read it because I feel like it would be really depressing, obviously. <laughs> well, it's, a, it's very close to home. No. Your mom had a tree planted in the backyard for mm-hmm. her. Um, Actually, for my birthday, this last birthday, my mom gave me a note that said, I love you, Caleb. And it had two coins from Africa. It was actually for my aunt Donna. Not Nancy? Yeah, my aunt Nancy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And she was like, yeah, I was just digging some stuff out, and I found this somewhere, and she just, she had put it in there, and she, so my mom put it in a little envelope and gave it to me, so I have it in my drawer. So So you have coins from Africa? Yeah, and I know from my aunt, so I was like, oh, "Oh, wow. So I'm going to get it framed, so. It's, It's interesting that she was working for the Peace Corps, because something that I've been thinking about recently is if the Peace Corps still exists. Mm hmm. If there are people who are still going out and do it. Because I haven't heard about it. Oh. I haven't heard anybody use that term in so long that I was mm-hmm. like, is that still around? Um, do, you, do you have any idea what the kind of work she was doing out there? She was building schools. Building schools? <coughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, I know there's, not generally the Peace Corps, but there's like, there's traveling doctors and nurses and healthcare officials for sick people, stuff like that. Yeah. I know there, there are like groups that still go to go to areas of need and help them out. You know, so that's what they're called. But so you, yeah. ha- so your grandmother wrote a book after after your aunt had passed, mm-hmm. and you haven't read that book yet. Um, do you know if the people who murdered her were caught? Yeah, they were in jail. I think they died in jail. But they they were con- caught and convicted. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like a. We're still looking for them. Yeah, it wasn't sort of some sort of mystery. No, no, we knew. Oh, okay. I never met them, but. But you think they were? Do you think they died in jail also? I believe so. Yeah. So if you were around four or five, mm-hmm. you were born in '92. Mm-hmm. Okay. New Year's baby. Getting dangerously close to thirty, the both of us. <laughs> Aw, your face. You look so upset. You don't want to be 30, Caleb? 30, 30. No, it's 
Dirty 30. That's what all the nurses said. It's like, your dirty 30's coming up. I'm like, don't say that. How do you feel? Do you feel like you're almost 30? My back hurts. Dude, oh my, oh, you couldn't have said anything else, like, more relatable to me. My back fucking hurts, dude. Every day, every day. And it's like, you would have thought that the back pain came at, like, I don't know, 40, 50. We're 28. Where is it coming from? I can't eat the same things I used to eat. My stomach does not process the same way it used to process things. Right? Sucks. It does. <laughs> it really does suck. I'm fatigued. Just tired. Can't drink as much. Gray hair. I have found some gray hair as well. I'm getting it like all here. I just shaved, but it's all here. You're gonna get the the George gonna, Clooney uh, temple, mm-hmm. the the temple gray mm-hmm. all the way back behind your ears. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna just for men it either. I'm going to let it grow out. Oh, me too. I'm hoping I Probably go straight bit. silver by the time straight I'm 40. <laughs> yeah. I know your mom colored her hair to be silver, yeah, but... Yeah, I don't know. She changed it up. I really she liked it when it was it. that color. She done did it. Like, she, wants to do, she wants to do bleach blonde now. Like, no. Don't go platinum, Denise. She should have stayed a silver fox because mm-hmm. I really liked that. That color on her looked yeah, nice. seriously. No, but see, I didn't think that approaching 30 would feel like this. I didn't think I'd be, I didn't think it, I didn't think I'd be so tired or I would feel so many aches and pains. Yeah. I'm filling my flex real prescription quite a bit. I'm at this weird point where, and this was another thing I was thinking about, you know, they teach you, you know, the things that people don't teach you how to do. Yeah. So like now that we're approaching 30 and you know, you're, you're not you and I don't live with our parents we feel these aches and pains and it's up to us to decide when we need to see a doctor or not never (laughs) says nurse Caleb never you never need to see a doctor I went to one PT rub a little dirt on it (laughs) I went to a PT appointment I haven't gone since and they keep calling me I'm like Nah. Oh, you did. You had physical therapy for your back, right? Mm-hmm. Because when you picked up that patient, you ended up hurting yourself. Mm-hmm. You went to one appointment and I then feel went, great. And then you didn't go back after that. No. <laughs> yeah, it's that almost thirty mentality. Uh, it's fixed enough. <laughs> Time to keep going. <laughs> Time to keep chugging along. Oh, duct tape fixes everything. Mm-hmm. That's my motto. <laughs> <laughs> I was curious because I mean like I think that there's a, a preconception that if you work in the medical field mm-hmm. you're healthier because you know the best thing is to stay healthy no this is the first celery I've eaten in like two months the right. first celery you've eaten in two months I'm glad that celery. I made a veggie platter for I you I am then. too because I was just eating cheese <laughs> don't. you don't think people who work in the medical field are healthier not really they're supposed to have the knowledge, though. I mean, we have the knowledge. Everybody has the knowledge. It doesn't mean that they, that it's applied. I know the gym's good, but you, know, you don't see me going every day. <laughs> I almost hit you up to go to, to the gym because I know we go to the same gym. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but I don't know when you're <laughs> when you're around. So, 28 this year. Yeah. 28 uh, pretty much a month ago today. Because um, today's February 1st. So, January 1st, exactly. you were 28. Oh, yeah. 28 year old property owner mm-hmm. what is that like because i know you and your girlfriend recently maybe as recently as last year yeah yeah bought a, 
a condo. So you oh, own, we bought a duplex. You bought a duplex. So you own property. I own half a house. So how does it feel to be less than 30 and to own your own property? My dog shits on the, the deck a lot. <laughs> one of your two dogs. Yeah. Shit, the other one just pees on your deck a lot. No, she's actually, she's good about it. Oh, I thought we were talking about. I thought we were talking about the little one. I thought we were talking about no, Oliver. The, yeah, he shits on the deck all the time. Oh, I just seen him pee on the deck all the he time. He does that too. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then, ah, uh, you have to pay for oil. Groceries are a son of a bitch. You... I spent $170 today at the grocery store. And I know that I will eat about a week and a half. It's like... On that. <laughs> the thing is, everything goes to waste. And I'm like, I can't keep up with my... Produce goes bad so much faster than I thought. It goes bad once I, it's checked out. Yeah. <laughs> you, once you... it's checked out, it starts <laughs> withering. I'm like, what the fuck? I haven't even gotten it to the car yet, and it's half molded. Some magic cantaloupe. <laughs> oh, I feel that. I feel it's that. Sick. I'll buy a bag of spring mix or a container of spring mix. Like, I'm going to make a salad, and then I bring it home, and the next day I go to make a salad. I'm like, well, I waited too long. <laughs> I had my chance, but it's over now. Yeah. Groceries are a son of a bitch. It's one thing that people didn't teach me either was when I came to the second apartment, I needed to get rid of a mattress. Yeah. That is not a thing you can just put in the garbage. No, Facebook Marketplace. You have to. No, <laughs> it no. Was, nobody was going to buy this thing. So you have to look up how to get rid of a mattress. You have to find a dump mm -hmm. that you are within like legal rights to go dump at, which means it has to be a dump that you live in the same, like town or county for yeah nobody teaches you this stuff also if you show up with the mattress you better be sure to show up with your checkbook because they're not taking card or cash mm. oh no cash no mm. so if you don't have a checkbook with you and you go to drop off your mattress these are all just things that i feel like yeah, people yeah. should teach you this in high like school the adult thing, like, yeah this like, is how, like how do i do my taxes? taxes how to get rid of a mattress when to go to the doctor <laughs> I just finished my taxes. That shit sucked. Like I got my return back already. I like to do them nice really? and fast. I was just I had to wait for an HSA, a 1098E form, a 1099 T form, and my W two. And then I got them all back and like okay. Fuck. Do you have special forms working as a nurse? Mm -hmm. I have one that's an HSA form, and that's my 1098 1099 T form. Oh okay. And I got an HSA card, and it. It's like a debit card that covers medical expenses. So I got my retainers that were $700, and I put it on the card because I have like $1,200 in it right now. Okay. So it's literally just a checking balance for medical needs. Like, oh, I got to go to Comedian MD because... Is that money you put in yourself? My company puts it in. <gasps> Do you have to pay it back? No. Well, I mean, it comes out of my check. Oh, okay. Well, I, I, oh, oh, okay. All right. So like a, a, a small... Like, half of it comes out of my check, and I think my company matches it. Okay. So, if I wanted to, I could... I think I have, like, 30 out each check, and then they match it. Yeah. So, it accumulates, like, 1200 Okay. And then it just keeps accumulating, and it just rolls over every year. But you had to have, like, three or four different forms to finish your taxes? Yeah, I just got them all, though. So, it's good enough. I know. I, I had to do... You know, I've got the straight work forms, but then I've got the student loan yep. forms, and then... Yeah. And then whatever bank interest. Yeah. 
No, mine was good though. I was I was annoyed because I was supposed to be getting a large amount back, and then TurboTax was like, "Oh, you're only getting nine hundred dollars." I'm like, "You fucker!" Like I did TurboTax too, but then I did the math myself and I made sure that it came out to the same before H&R I finished block it. Was a lot better for me. Oh really? Yeah. Maybe I screwed myself then. <laughs> I, 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 just for me, because it was closer to my my federal withheld. Mm. So. Maybe I should have checked out both. Well, I, I just did the math myself. What really screwed me, Caleb, is I got a raise last year. It screwed me because it jumped me a tax bracket. Mm, yeah. So I so so instead of the return I thought I was getting, I actually got taxed like 2% mm. more on a larger chunk of my income. And then I ended up getting less of the return than I thought because I made more money because I got a raise because I was doing a good job. Does that make sense to you? It certainly doesn't make any sense to me. Also, when I get a raise, my student loan payments go up. So I don't see that raise because I'm on an income-based repayment Mm -hmm. plan, which I should probably change now that I'm making a significant amount of money. Mm -hmm. Ugh. Sydney got like two grand more than me because she was 2,000 less and I was in another bracket. And I was like, yeah. Oh, fuck. You ju- <laughs> I, and, and I really was banking on those. I, I, same thing. I lost two grand because I jumped a bracket. Mm-hmm. I would have gotten that two grand back in my return. Mm-hmm. It, sucks. it sucks, dude. Being an adult, man. Like, I worked for that money. And I'm gone. I worked for that money. I watched it accumulate all year thinking mm-hmm. I'd get it back in my return. And then they were like, nope, you made too much. You're too successful. You're doing too good of a job. Why would we give you your money back? <laughs> It would make you more pissed if you saw some of the patients that come in. Because they'll be like, I don't, I, they'll stay for a month and they'll be like, I don't have to pay for any of this. And I'm what? like, what? Like, <laughs> like every knuckle on your hand crack. <laughs> you what? You what? Excuse me. I'm literally getting paid to pay you to wow. not pay for this stay. Like, That's you know. crazy. <clears throat> It, it Sometimes really is, it pisses me It's off. a really frustrating thing. It depends thing on the if, if they need it, I'm, I'm okay with it. But if they're like, yeah, I give you like a lot of, and a meal. And a meal. And <laughs> my, my fucking dirty napkin. So that changes your life, having mm-hmm. have being a, a dog dad yeah. on top of being a nurse. So mm-hmm. do you even have any hobbies, Caleb? <laughs> do you have time? Uh, do you have I time cook, for hobbies? I collect guns. <gasps> I, um, are you prepper are you prepping yeah yeah i prep i wanted to talk to you about that <laughs> okay um because i feel like prepping is about to become really big it's already big i yeah i think that it's on it's on the rise i'm not um, like hardcore like i looked at gas masks but i haven't bought them yet like i and, and they're just, in my cart like, gas masks <laughs> <laughs> for context to anybody who's listening when i'm referring to prepping i mean like doomsday doomsday prepping. prepping like people who have you got your um, rations you got your clean water you got your water filtration you oh your, yeah you have i have a full emt med kit i just need iv fluids and iv line that's the only thing i need it was I'm funny sick. when i was over the other day asking you guys about that because the first thing sydney was talking about was like you guys having a suture kit 
or oh, some yeah. other thing. And I'm like, that's some serious nursing prepping going on yeah. for sure. Because my prepping would have to do with having food, the ability to purify my water, and then make my own tent and my own fire. Mm. I would not be worrying about how to stitch up my own wounds, <laughs> but you guys are on it. And yeah. then you're also like, oh, we've also got this other pack where we could like resuscitate you if we need to. And I'm like, I'm going to be following you guys in the apocalypse. That's for sure. No, I love You're that. the med team. Like, we got IV starts like bandage everything for bandages um what else i have you have the water purification stuff i have a pa- i just bought a new gun I, mm-hmm. I just bought an ar-15 so now i have a pistol shotgun and ar-15 with plenty of ammo and i have a pack for that as well mm-hmm. so i have everything in one closet if needed are you got? are you still making jerky no not as much because that uh, was I did really buy a smoker. good. I bought a smoker. Bill and I really liked your jerky. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just need to keep. Like, I just want to buy, I think I'm going to buy those, um, oh, those those bags that you can take all the air out. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know a mean? vacuum sealer. I was thinking of doing that just so Bill it stays. Bill and I were going to get one. Just so it stays. Mm-hmm. Because if you put a mason jar, it stays for like six, like three months. Yeah. But like, I want it to stay for like years. Right. You know? Like, yeah. So if I did, I want to do that. So I, I was, hope you make some more because that tasted really good. You literally just buy a round eye and you just the salts and the seasoning, and then you just cook it on low forever. How That's long? It. How long until it dried out though? It was like twelve hours. Like you do it at. Did you slice it? The 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 butcher did. I went to Market Basket and I was like, I, I'm making jerky, and they're like, you want to do a round eye? I'll cut it for you. Oh, cut everything, so it was everything. already cut before you started cooking it? All I did was mix it with the salt and seasoning and just put it on the, the cooling racks. Yeah. I, on Amazon, I bought, like, ones that stacked on top of each other and just put them all in the oven. And it was, like, 170 degrees for, like, 12 hours. Yeah. So I just went to work and I came back and then it was done. I wonder if it's if it's an our generation thing to be prepared for for the worst. I feel like we've all grown up being like, wait, this stuff we've been told and promised is not what we've been told and promised, and we should all pretty much be ready for the zombie apocalypse at the worst case scenario. And then everybody's mind went to, well, if that's the case, we should know how to. Well, maybe not everybody's mind. I know I personally am like, I want to have at least a water purifier in yeah. the back of my car. That's fair. Um, that's fair. Something to keep, like an elect, like one of those um, solar blankets that reflects your own heat onto it. Whatever the space, a space blanket, Um, or you know, the very minimum of of having an like emergency, having to go survive somewhere. And I don't know if that's an our generation thing or not, but I feel like it's definitely picking up in popularity. I like it. I mean, I'm not hardcore about it. I mean, maybe I don't know. You have a room. I've seen it in your basement. Where you've got shelves. Well, it's not like that's just like that's a pantry. <laughs> it's like, your basement pantry. Not what it is. Your it's extra not like emergency pantry, right? You got like ten gallons of water and mm-hmm. a bunch of food and a bunch of non-perishables and ba- uh, batteries and flashlights, and then I have my EMT kit with the suture and everything. Like, gonna get some MREs. I was thinking of buying those actually. Um, because they're actually pretty cheap if you buy in bulk. Yeah, same. Um, I was thinking about buying some too. So, yeah. And I'm wondering if if everybody our age is like, you know what might be a good thing to have just hidden away? Some space meals. Nobody's. (laughs) (laughs) We go for those those space ice cream sandwiches right now. Shit. We've seen so many videos of the spacemen eating ice cream sandwiches. Yeah. (laughs) 
mean, it's better to be safe than sorry, right? I guess, yeah. So I think we're all just sort of preparing. I, I like it. It's a... I know that if I had my own property, like, and, and by that I mean literally my own land I could dig into, yeah. I would literally? have a bunker built. So I was watching prepper videos and this guy was in like the suburbs. I don't know why he was prepping, but this way at least. But him and his family would have weekly training drills of like, okay, everybody get their backpacks. Weekly? Weekly. And they get their backpacks from like each of their designated closets. And then they'd all go into the outskirts of the house and they'd go into like the wood area. Yeah. And they'd open up this hatch and it would be like a gun, ammo, a, a bulletproof vest, this, that, the other thing. And every family member just like ran out. Suited up. And they just, I was like, what the fuck? Like, so I was actually looking in body armor and I was looking into, like, like if you saw my Amazon card, it would look like I'm about to like. You're like ready for the apocalypse to hit. Well, like I have, I have like a vest with ammo packs. I have knee pads, elbow pads, face face mask. mask. It looks real sketchy. Yeah. Like, but, but yeah. Cool. I would. I mean, like my list would have those things, but also mm -hmm. like a tent, like maybe like a crossbow. I I personally wouldn't want anything that had. I've been talking to Bill about doing. Um, classes for self-defense that include um weapons training yeah. um but if i were to right now make my list it would include like a crossbow and mm -hmm. then like a tent sure. something to purify my water but then also the armor like having some sort of thing to cover my face yeah. and you know just to move throughout the woods and i don't know if that's something that a lot of it, i have a feeling that a lot of people our age think are thinking about those things yeah. But aren't incorporated. But right? aren't I mean, yeah, and maybe they're not that, they're not spending money on those things, but they're it's in the back to. of their mind. <laughs> I literally I bought the AR fifteen, uh, five clips and five hundred uh, rounds of ammo. And it's all just for emergency. I mean and fun. And, but, um yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. And for and for but fun, yes. yeah. And then I have the pistol with two clips and a hundred rounds of ammo. Another shotgun with like, I want to say like a uh, like two hundred shell or like no a hundred shells, and then I had that all in the closet in a to go pack. Yeah. And I have the shotgun and the AR fifteen in a to go pack, and then I have a big old um, combat knife um, on the on the um, satchel, if you will. And then I just I don't know I just get it all ready and I have yeah. a couple military. Uh, sleeping bags. Sleeping bags are really good. Things mm -hmm. to keep you warm. Yeah. Um, people don't always think about having a knife or, or something to be able to like cut through things. Knife. Yeah. Um, I know that I'm very prepared. I, I'm not, not in the sense that I have all the things ready, but mentally in my mind, I'm like, I'm yeah. ready to spend, drop money on these things. If I had property, I'd build a an underground bunker in a heartbeat mm -hmm. um and then not tell anybody yeah. that it was there mm -hmm. that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> yeah but like so you're talking about that family who does the drills or whatever yeah. i know when there were the fires in california mm. there were people who were doing that who had their emergency packs yeah. ready to go so bug they would bag. yeah they're oh exactly bug out bag mm -hmm. yeah exactly um because 
at the last moment they might be told that they have to leave their house because of the fires um, and that's sort of the mentality that I would like to have in preparedness yeah. even though we're on the east coast and we're not worried about fires like another mm-hmm. crazy thing could happen really you know good. all you need is one news one news thing or the president to say something and then you're so, like well this is it so Sydney's <laughs> stepdad is a therapist and we had a talk be like a therapy session and he was like so everybody that i all my patients that are hyper vigilant and kind of do the, the the collecting of firearms and such they always have a bad past or they have a they have something going on and he's like why do you do it i'm like uh, shit's gonna hit the fan like mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't know when it's gonna hit the fan but when it hits it's just ready out. no one's gonna be clean afterwards like fuck like so i get nervous you know and I don't think that I don't think that that's uncommon for people our age to be nervous about shit hitting the fan. A lot of people are surprised when I go to the gun range and they're like, "Oh, like if if I go to a gun range and they have cool stuff, like, uh, like what was it? Sydney's grandfather, he was a Vietnam vet, and he he preps behind the couch. There are ten thousand rounds of ammunition." all in their separate ammo packs and there is a bunch of stuff he's he's got a gun in every room he's got a knife in every room and like he's got he's got pictures of people he blew up with a bazooka like he's very like pictures yeah he's, of after yeah yeah when we went to um buffalo wild wings he's like you want to see some some bodies and i was like yeah sure and they showed me like body people that he like blew up with a that's crazy. He's kind of he's a nice guy though. As long as he's just drinking beer, he's good. But but he was asking you why you feel the need and you don't have any sort of history. No, this was someone different. Oh, okay. this was he's I just he's just like a crazy war guy. Like that's just he, he's he's a survivalist. But uh, uh, Sydney's stepdad, he's a therapist. That he was asking why, and I was like, oh, I mean, I like to be safe because I carry a gun everywhere. Um, not on me personally, but right now I feel a little vulnerable. Yeah. Because you never know. But I have a knife. Yeah. So, uh, I, I always carry a knife, a lighter, some type of flashlight. Um, that's really it. Because uh, Boy Scouts too. Yeah. Part there's this weird part of me, and I I wasn't part of gr- Girl Scouts or anything, mm. but um, recently I've been I put like um, two packs of matches in a in a Ziploc bag and then I put them in one of the pockets of my purse that I never use um, just to have matches So I always, um, not that I know what I would need that for I just feel the need to have that it's better at, to have a bunch hand. of stuff yeah it's so I think of it as when I had my jeep I had a bug out bag and I'm glad I did because there was a day when Devin and I got caught in the trails oh. and we had to walk like two miles in the snow so yeah. my bug out bag had flashlights, it had an extra pair of two pairs of wool socks and boots, yeah. and it had a flask of Jaeger. Oh. And I was like, okay. Yeah. I'm like, we're good. <laughs> flask of Jaeger? Yeah, Boom. Yeah, yeah. Done. Once we got to the place where we had service, we called somebody. But like, I always carry a bag, because in my EMT bag, it's got everything you need for medical, and then it has like a couple nips of alcohol, a couple shotgun shells, waterproof matches, a knife. Um extra clothing wool socks uh like just a little bit of everything just like a little bit of everything just in case 
Yeah. String, rope, and all that. Oh, string is a good one, uh, I think. Rope, yeah, string, rope. Having that I... cord that, that's like really hard yeah, to cut or whatever. Nylon, nylon cord, cord. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I don't know why I feel the need to have that other than to just be ready for anything. Because if you had a group anything. of people, you'd, be, you'd say, okay, I have nylon cord and a couple boxes of matches. Perfect. Yeah. I have a Klondike bar, or I have a, like a, you know, like a, a granola bar and a cell phone, and I have a knife, and I have a light. A random yeah. tarp, or, yeah. And then, like, yeah. a bunch of people, like, if you come in a group, it's like, okay, let's do this. Yeah. It's um, it's definitely something that I'm looking to... It's fun. Just, it's... it's. I'm going to be going to tactical classes soon. I'm where? About it. I don't know where, but my cousin was talking to me about it. But now that I have the assault rifle, I want to be able to tactical classes to where you use the assault rifle, but then quick shifting to the pistol, mm. quick shifting to the shotgun. Um, just so I know how to utilize everything. Because I have, I have a sling for the AR-15, so when I'm done with it, I throw it to my side, yep. and I can go for the pistol. Right. So, and like I've been just looking at different combat ways to hold a firearm. <laughs> so um I don't know it's, it's fun yeah there's part of me that, that really wants to do um armed and unarmed self defense yeah. classes um and I do want the training armed but yeah. I it's also just as important to me to have the training unarmed because I don't always I, I don't I'm not a person who wants to have a gun yeah. I will if I have to but I would much rather have a knife on me than than a gun and I know that that, that a knife and a gun fight's not going to do me it's much good but having training in both would mm -hmm. make me more more comfortable than having training in one I always carry both just in case I mean not always but as much as possible not to be not I mean not to be on the nose about it but as a black man do you feel any apprehension carrying a gun only in the car when a because when a cop comes yeah. to your window and if that happens I would tell them I have a gun here yeah like but when they ask for license and registration I'll be like I can get those but just so you know I have a gun in the in the glove box or I have a gun right next to me and I just keep my hands on the steering wheel yeah. And they'll probably be like, you step out of the car. I'm not sure. Have you ever been pulled over and had to explain that you did have an arm in the car? The only time that happened was when my friend and I were shooting. And I was in the back seat of his truck, so he can't see me. Yeah. We had three shotguns and a pistol. And a cop pulled me over because of uh, a noise disturbers. And, <laughs> um, and we were like, yeah, we have three shotguns and a pistol. And he's like, okay, give me a sec. And then he came back and he's like, okay, you guys can get going. Thank you. That was like, it. He just yeah, like, he was, oh, okay. As long as you're not like, not everything. Because like, <laughs> you know? I've been in the car with a, with a person who had a concealed carry. Yeah, yeah. And, and I remember the moment where they were explaining to the cop that that was the situation. And I remember the cop, he didn't seem the most comfortable with it. He mm -hmm. definitely reacted to that information, but he didn't treat us any differently. But I, yeah. I always wondered, like, if that was my brother... You know, I don't know that it would have gone the same way. You mean, if you're in the, if if you are in the car by yourself, yeah. I don't know how, like, uh, what if that would be like. I was in the car like. by myself, I think it would be a little, a little different. Uh, it, it does make me nervous thinking about that, but like, legally, I could have it in the car. New Hampshire is that way. Mm -hmm. I mean, if I was in Mass, I'd be like, fuck, like, I'm screwed. 
Yeah. But if I'm in New Hampshire, legally I can have it in the car. I'll let you know about it just because it's. You to it's feel in your best interest to, it, to get it's that in information. Best in, yeah, you know? I'm just like I want them to feel more comfortable because I'm a random person. So I want them to know, like, hey, I'm not crazy. It's guns just here for yep. protection. Yeah, I'm not from you, but anybody. You know? Yeah. Like, so. And first things first, that's what they that's what they want to know. If you're gonna, and I keep my registration in the glove compartment, so I always yeah. tell them before I reach for it that that's what I'm going for. Yeah, yeah. I don't have, I don't conceal carry, I don't have a gun, but I always so, still feel the need to tell them before I move. You're, you're that. supposed to, when you get pulled over, you're not supposed to go for your wallet, like or my, anything, like in my wallet, my back pocket. Yeah. Like I got pulled over with Sid, and she was like, "Get your wallet." I'm like, "No." Not, <laughs> not until he gets I, to the window. You keep your hands on the seat, on the steering wheel, and they were like, "Can I have your license and registration?" I'm like, "My my license is in my back pocket, so I just gotta get it." He's like, "Yeah, that's fine." And I'm like, "Where's your registration's in the glove?" He's like, "Yeah, that's all right." And like he'd shine a light down by near me, and then in to the where you were like, going. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, just let you know. Like, and that was what I was taught too: was to mm, when you get pulled over, like don't prepare for him to come to the window. Because if he sees you going like. If he sees you moving around, and then you got tight pants on, so like, yeah. Like, I always explain myself before I get I a think move. If I saw that, I'd be like, okay, what the fuck is he doing? Like, yeah. You no. Know? Yeah. So. It just ends up being a tense situation for everyone. Yeah, I personally am not. It's not like my path, but I'm glad that you don't feel like. Oh, you guys are cool. Well, yeah. I haven't been. And being in about. New Hampshire, I don't know, like when I, when I. Bef- New Hampshire's pretty lame. Yeah, it's also like not the most diverse place, but it's getting more diverse. Um, When you and I were in high school, we were maybe one of what, like seven black people in our high school? (laughs) I remember a couple. Yeah. Like less than, like 10 or less. It was very vanilla. It was very, well, we live in New Hampshire, so. I love it. Yeah, I do too. I would come, you know, and I think that it's getting more and more diverse. Um, by the time my brother ended up, and he's seven years younger than me, by yeah. the time he ended up at Alburn, there were probably twice as many ton, yeah. people, you know, than. I should say a ton, but you know. Yeah, than, than when we were there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, your sister, your younger sister, is she yeah. six years younger than you? Yes, yes. Okay. Did she go to Alburn? Yep, yeah, she went to Alburn. So. All right, so yeah, so it was the same for both of us then. When I graduated, I was never there at the same time Adam was there. You weren't there at the same time your sister was there. Yeah. Um, but she's your only younger sibling. Yeah. And uh, I, that that was actually a really good reminder. Um, the timer went off for the bread. When I last looked at it, it didn't look done. But um, do you want to come over here and take a look? Do you have a little like toothpick or anything, or like a? I I do, but yeah. off the top of my, I mean, just looking at it, it doesn't look like it's. You gotta shake it. Ow! To get the consistency. Oh. Here we'll take the darker one. Oh. That looks like it's probably not done in the middle to me. I don't know. You should poke it. That but looks it, real it might wet. Be. Give it a poke test. It's not going to hurt it. Yeah, I, honestly, that's... You think it, it might, might be, be cooked? It might be. We can try good. a toothpick and see It's just if it's it gonna be, out It's probably going to be pretty light-colored bread. Yeah. There's a lot of liquid in it. Well, yeah, there, so that's my concern wicked. about it not cooking all the oh, way through. 
is that we had it. We we definitely used two more apples than they suggested. Yeah, whatever. Uh, that's so that's just more flavor. Sticking a toothpick in here. We'll see if it comes out clean. That feels that feels like it's cooked. The bottom feels cooked. Yeah, that's good. Ooh, and it's gonna cook. Came slightly. out pretty clean. It'll cook a little bit yeah, more as it comes out. Yeah. You cook that one too. <clears throat> Look at the golden brownness of Looks these good. babies. Yeah, Do you smell that too? I was silent. I was very stealthy. You didn't even notice me there. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I don't know. I opened the oven and sniffed it. <laughs> I didn't even yeah, right. I did. You didn't even notice it, but I did it. You're full of shit. You came in here and opened the oven? When I got this beer. You were very stealthy, because I did notice you getting the beer. I was on both sides of you. I was in the fridge, and I opened the oven. All right, so we'll okay. take those puppies okay. out. They do look like they're good, but I'm going to give them five minutes to sit before we take them out of the pan. They'll cook a little bit. Huh? No, but just cooking puppies. <laughs> Get a cooling rack out. How was the tequila? Ready for those? Huh? How was the tequila? Oh, the tequila. Oh, the tequila. Do you, there is still some over there if you want some. That's like a shot. Yeah, go for it. Wow, that apple smell is so good. That apple cinnamon fall deliciousness happening right now. <laughs> Um, so I was leading up to a question about your sister because mm -hmm. so you and I are in sim similar sibling situations yes. You're the oldest. Yes. I'm the oldest. I feel like when my parents were raising me. They didn't have to do a lot. I sort of Did a lot for myself okay. paid, you know, I, I wasn't oh, okay. I was easily entertained in a corner with some Legos and my parents were like, ah, oh, Kayla, yeah, having kids is easy. <laughs> and then along came my younger brother, and they're like, oh my god, what is this? Ah, uh, demons, devil, god, what yeah. do we do? <laughs> yeah, I feel that. He won't entertain himself. Did Was it the same sort of situation with yeah. your younger sister? I feel like my parents didn't know what to do with my younger brother. My sister Loki says that my mom likes loves me more than her. My brother says the same <laughs> shit to me. I'm like, I don't think you're... I'm not even trying to be a dig, but I I don't know why she acts like that. I think you're, you're kind of semi-right. Like, my parents definitely had a harder time with my brother. Um, one of the things I did want to ask you about your sister is yeah. one of the crazy things that I think is about, about her, considering that she's my brother's age, yeah. how many places in the world she's, she's been. Gone. She has traveled to some crazy places that I would have never even thought about setting foot. Yeah, she went to like Japan. She went to Japan. New Orleans. Korea. Yeah, Korea. She. She went to Korea. Yeah. And she's twenty. She's nineteen. Twenty. She's twenty. Twenty-one. She can't be twenty-one if she was born in ninety. No, she okay. She's twenty. Oh, she's been drinking like she's 21. Wait, is she 21? No, she is 21. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I totally did that math wrong. She Adam will be 21. be 21 in 17 days. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, so she must be 21. He's 20. Um, she's been <laughs> she's... to three different countries yeah. already. And that's crazy. Keep going. She, does she, is she have plans to go anywhere new? I have no clue. She's, she's kind of just going where her mind wants her to go. You know what I mean? Does it she, have to do with school? Yeah. I mean, I think she sees an opportunity she just goes. Like, she just, she's, like, she's going for 
African American studies, history, yeah, and, mm -hmm. and theater. And I'm just thinking, like, what, what are you gonna and do? And theater. Yeah. I'm so Japan's a good place then you know, for that. Probably well, that makes Korea make sense a little yeah, bit too, yeah. if that's she's, what her her focus is. Yeah, she's doing what she loves, so that's all that matters. Like, well, how do you feel about travel? I love it. Where have you been? Uh, Jamaica, um, Costa Rica, uh, Saint Lucia, Saint Kitts, all those. The yeah, the Caribbean yeah, Isles. Yeah. And then, um, where else have I been? In the states, really. And Jamaica, really... Jamaica's family, right? Yeah, Jamaica's family. Um, we went to Puerto Rico, which was extended family, uh, and we're going to Greece. For a cruise Ooh. to the Greek Isles, and then we're going to that my, should be beautiful. Yeah, we're going to England to see my cousin. Oh, I forgot uh, that your cousin yeah, lives in England. He's getting married, so we're going there. We're then we're doing we're going to France for a couple of days because she really wants to go. I'm, I'm a little nervous because I feel like someone's gonna spit on me or something. Just don't be American. too American while you're in France. I'm not gonna be like a well, so so I've been to France. Be a pompous asshole. I, I've been to France, and if they know you're American, they'll blow smoke in your exactly. face. Exactly. I'm not gonna be like Trump 22. But yeah, I mean, if you're walking around with like a Patriots cap on, they're gonna know exactly. you're American. Yeah. If you're not being obnoxious, they're not gonna. Yeah. It's not anything crazy. Um, if you're in the more touristy areas, they expect you to to be a tourist. Um, but France is a beautiful place. Yeah. If you get the chance, you should definitely see the the L'Arc de Triomphe. Was my favorite. It's the big arc. Um, it's in a. It's it's pretty much in a. In a you, you can walk through it, but surrounded by it is a road. So so cars go around it, but you can stand under it and go through it. It's in a. It's a, a pretty populous area where there are a lot of um, stores and stuff around oh, it. Oh, I see. Um, but that and the. Um, the, oh my God, what's it called? The Louvre. It, it's a museum. Place? It's oh, it's the museum that's technically underground. Oh, okay. So the top of it you see is like this triangle glass. Um, what's to, it's basically a skylight, but it looks like a, a glass building. And you, mm. you walk into the glass building, you go down a set of stairs. And in that museum is um, the Mona Lisa. Um, a lot of a lot of very famous uh, pieces of art in yeah. France, um, and the the museum itself is very interesting because you go underground to go into it. Um, so if you get the chance to do that, that's in Paris. Yeah, the Louvre. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. I've been to Notre Dame is very impressive. Yeah. Um, is that even open anymore? That might not be open. Why not? What cathedral caught on fire? Is that oh. in? Is that in? Uh, that might have been in England. I know. I'm like thinking. I'm like, who, what even happened? What what building was that? That might have been in England. Um, let's just do a hard right because of how uncultured we are. Woof. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I, I. So your travel experiences. I was wondering if there was anywhere that you'd hope to travel, or if you were planning on doing any traveling as a nurse. Uh, so we were talking about doing traveling. We don't know where to for nursing, but we Do were... the rules change when you leave the country? Yeah, oh yeah, they, it, it changes when you leave state. So it depends on the ratio. Uh, depend, uh, the ratio of what? Of uh, 
patient to nurse ratio. Oh, okay. So some places have eight to one, some patient places have five to one, four to one. It depends. Um, and uh, we, were, we were looking at places. Uh, there's a traveling agency that it's nice because they house pets. And we were looking at maybe doing a cross-country thing and then seeing states and seeing areas and kind of Within the United States? Yeah, yeah, camping out for like a day each and then just being like, okay, let's try this spot. Let's try this spot and see how we like it. Um, But other than that, it's, I don't know. I don't know where I want to travel. Well, Greece is is on your list and I think it's very beautiful there. You're going to go there for a vacation, not for working. Yeah. Awesome. Italy is another place I would love to visit, if yeah. not just to fill myself, gorge myself on food. <laughs> yeah. Fine wine. So we're gonna do that. So I don't. Other than that, I don't really know. Like, I don't know. Just a tropical area. Like, it don't really matter. Like, would you want to go for for leisure or to work though? Like you wouldn't. Mm. It's, as far as nursing goes, you want to nurse in the states and yeah. then take vacations outside of the United States. Yeah. Just, just for comfort's sake, because if it's like a third world country, it's yeah, you get paid a ton more, but obviously it's a lot, a lot uh, riskier. In a what of getting like, like sick a third, or risky like third world like you have. You have government, you have sickness, you have, like, gangs and such. Mm. Well, I mean, and what happened with your aunt, which yeah. is, yeah. yeah there are real dangers. Yeah. Danger everywhere. You go to help people and you put yourself in a situation, yeah. you know. So, yeah. I'm going to see how, <laughs> how these come out to, to... Just do it, like, put the cooling rack on top of it. And then, yeah, it should flip right on it. Oh. Uh, good. Oh. Oh. Ooh. That's, that's perfect. Oh, sorry, buddy. I just need to move you. Oh, that's fucking Flavor Town. Flavor Town, USA. Um, and since we're towards the end here, I just wanted to, I like to ask all of my guests, um, and I guess there wasn't really a lead up to this, but I do like to ask people if they've got a personal philosophy that they'd like to share, um, with the audience. So basically to give you a little bit of context, um, my personal philosophy is pretty much based in in loving yourself. A lot of what I think makes a good life and makes 
you reach your best potential has to do with you loving who you are and taking care of yourself, mm -hmm. exercising, drinking water, appreciating your value as an individual before you reflect it on the world and other people. Yeah. Um, so like a lot of my self growth comes from me wanting to love a better version of myself. Mm -hmm. um, part of, for example, Bill's philosophy has to do with um, how he feels about kindness and being kind to people. Like he moves through the world in a way where yeah, that's like his that sort place. of lens. Um, is he thinks that that that's a it creates momentum yeah. when you're kind to other people. It creates space for them to be kind to you, and and that moves you forward through life. Um, for me, it's more of of a self love perpetuating thing where I think that it's important to manifest things in your in your life because you love yourself or because you love those things. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so if, if there's just anything that you, like what helps you get through mm -hmm. this crazy life we have to live where we're tired all the time and have to work and have relationships and take care of ourselves, you know? It is a lot, but I mean, I'm, I like have a mixture of both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I think my philosophy is, like, it is to be, like, have a positive attitude. And always, even when you're not feeling positive, you can, you're able to talk yourself in a way that's, uh, like, like a, a statistical way. Like, if you're not, if you're feeling down, why are you feeling down? It's a chemical reaction going on. It's going to pass. And it kind of helps me get through everything if it's bad or good um but yeah i think well, with bad there's always good and uh, sh shit might feel life might feel shitty at some points but it does get better and honestly i'm in a good point in my life where i'm happy um but like i know when i was younger i was always like oh man this sucks like living with my parents sucks and <laughs> But now I'm like, oh man, I gotta pay for everything. So like, yeah. I was like, never take anything for granted. It's yeah. like, enjoy the little things. Um, do, you, do you think that because you know so much about the medical field that you sort of incorporate that part into your philosophy? Like you just said, you're like, it's a chemical reaction, it'll pass. Yeah, Sometimes yeah. you're thinking certain ways where you're like, I'm feeling this way and mm -hmm. it might be a collection of what I experienced plus the chemicals in my yeah. brain. And I know that one of those things is going to change and I can I can yeah. incorporate that change. I like change. thinking of that way. Because yeah. then it kind of breaks it down. I'm like, okay. I can like, it helps me like de-stress. Like nice. part of it's mental, another mm -hmm. part of it's physical. Yeah. yeah. So like I always try to be nice to as many people as I Like everybody I come into because every there's always at least one person that's having a worse day than you. You know what I mean? There's yeah. always one person struggling more. So I never try, I try not to take that for granted. So, yeah. No. Yeah. That's a really, that's a really good way to think. And I think a lot of people, especially people who don't know so much, like I didn't finish anatomy and physiology, yeah. but I did finish my neuroscience class. Mm -hmm. So when I, when I am able to look at how I'm feeling, I also, have that knowledge because I went to school for it. Mm -hmm. I have the knowledge of the chemicals that are that are having reactions in my brain during yeah. certain situations. Um, so I know certain emotions that I'm feeling are tied to my physiological state. Yeah. Um, you, since you work in that field, probably have a very strong tie between what you're feeling 
and what your body needs or is in need of. Yeah. Um, so that's really interesting that you say that. Like you, do you do you think that taking care of yourself is important? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's very important. It's. I know it's hard to do that. It's. <laughs> it's because it's, it's you have to, it's a job. It's its own. It's its own. It's a lifestyle. <laughs> like I've I started um, taking protein. Mm-hmm. Like I've got my gold standard. I do the the protein shakes because I knew I wasn't getting enough protein yeah. in my diet. Yeah, you have to do it. It's you got to do it. You got to do it. People our age, we got to drink enough water. Mm-hmm. We got to stay hydrated. Not too much caffeine. Or you got to get that fiber in you because that fiber is not working the same way it used to, my friend. I want to be youthful. Right. <laughs> like I remember when I didn't feel aches and pains every day. Uh, when I could sleep and I didn't have to worry about posi- what position I was sleeping in. <laughs> uh, I sleep on my back every night. Do you snore? You got apnea? I snore. Yeah? Um, You're going to have to have one of those masks snore. in a couple uh, years? CPAP? No, 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 no. No? No? <laughs> no? Oh, I'm good. I'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> Bill snores too and I got to go, I got I to gotta shove him and be like, turn on your side. It's You're not breathing me, right. wake up. It's it's from so laying flat on your back though. Yeah, but the thing is that my Maya sleeps in between my legs, and if I don't do that, she growls. So Maya, she's causing all these problems. Aww, all your back's gonna be a mess because Maya has to sleep between your legs. I have to put her down. Oh, uh, so I started having shoulder and neck problems because Ripley sleeps with me, but she likes yeah. to be like surrounded with my arm. So I sleep and I'll sleep on my back or my side, but she has she to be like this. It. So oh, she'll be like, so I have to still encase her and then it fucks up my neck and my back. Yeah, it's no good, man. It's no good. But so one thing I did want to ask you is being yeah. a nurse, and I know you didn't like allude to it when I gave you the question of personal philosophy, but do you think that your your the state of your body has an effect on the state of your mind? Um, I think we it does if we if we let it. Like us, everybody's like I, in my case, I'm trying to. I want a six pack and biceps and all that. I'm trying to get there. Don't we all? <laughs> but it's like I, I never let that get me down that I don't have them today. Mm-hmm. Eventually, I will. Yeah. But it's like trying to keep that positive attitude that you're gonna get to your goals. But it's like yeah, you still have, you, sh- you try to have to have you have to try to have a positive attitude as best you can. I know it's easier said than done. It's like some people are just like. Uh, like sometimes you get seasonal depression or depression in general. Like, oh, I feel like everybody you know I mean? gets seasonal depression. Like, especially New we England. may not talk about it, but if it's, you live in New England, you get seasonal like I, depression. I, think I have it now, but I know I. It's like it's the season. Yeah. It's literally. It's, it's also it's, on the upswing. We're getting more daylight. Yeah, which is good now as opposed to before. I know I I felt it real mm-hmm. hard when we were having. I would get out of work. It'd be pitch black. Yeah, I'm like, what is my life? Is pitch black, and you're like. Yeah. So it's you. Oh. But sometimes I'll like I'll 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 feel I won't feel good, mm-hmm. and I'll think to myself, maybe I haven't had enough water. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know. And that's and your I, body's cueing you to like be like, hey, like I, I think of it as like like in Minecraft or something. And Minecraft. Like, <laughs> like, oh, you're 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 down to like five hearts. What are you doing? Yeah, you gotta you gotta get your hearts Eat up. Some tenderloin. Look at mm-hmm. stuff like. 
drink some milk like yeah it's all about balance yeah. you gotta have enough protein enough fiber enough water everything. Oh, it's a full fucking time job man just staying alive Sucks. <laughs> that's before you even put in like making money and oh like God, supporting yourself worst. all the taxes 500 like half of my paycheck comes out of taxes mm-hmm. like, fuck this. Like, mm-hmm. i hate looking at it and when i like i said when i get I a raise not to. i just see how much more they're taking deposited. from me yeah I just do direct deposit because i don't i don't it makes me sick you're like i don't want to look at that math don't touch me with that shit <laughs> All right, let's try our, our wonderful creations right. here. My beer is skunk, so I'm ready for this. We're going <laughs> to... I think we should... We'll cut into one loaf, and then you can take a fully fully intact oh, loaf. Oh, jeez. I don't need a full one. Oh, no, you're going right. to... I don't want to... I don't want both of these. Okay. <laughs> That's for sure. Okay. Oh, I ran into my seat. Um, so... Oh, sweet girl. Which one of these do you think we should cut into? One of them looks a little bit lighter than the other. You got it. You got it. I just don't want to rip it. Anymore. Don't destroy it, but you got it. <laughs> yeah, do it. Um, nice. Man, those are dense. Don't those look good? Yeah, they do. I'm going to take a quick picture. Let's cut this one because it's bigger. Okay, cool. Because the party's soon. I would love to. It was really fun. Well, I just told her, like, hey, you just gotta plan them out a little. Did you see my wooden slap? You saw saw the door? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I liked it. It was so cute when she messaged me today and she was like, do you want to come over? We're painting lighthouses. I hate saying no to her, too, because, like, if I wasn't doing anything else, you sure as hell I'd be over there. All right. So. Where is there a knife we can use? A good knife. Mm. All right. You think we should cut this one? Is yeah. that what you said? Yeah. Okay. I'm ready. Here we go. The first cut. I'm going to use a better knife. Well, you're supposed to use a bread knife to cut bread, so. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, it looks very moist in the middle. Those yeah. apple shreds certainly uh, certainly did their part here. Oh, look at that. Looks raw at the bottom a little bit. <laughs> That's all apple, though. That's all apple. That's all apple. Oh, oh. Uh, second cut looks a little bit more cooked. That's all apples. Definitely nice and moist. Wow. Did you want the end piece? No, you. that's good. You try that. And then stand over here and give your impressions, please. Oh, first bite, Caleb. What's it like? Well, it's very moist. I can taste the essence of nutmeg and cinnamon. Um, the taste lingers. The taste lingers. It's not a lingering to where it's it's guess after a dinner party that I, I want to leave so I can sleep but it's a lingering of like Chinese food in the fridge that you keep eating it tastes like Chinese meal. food no no just the essence the essence of Chinese food 
all tipsy. <laughs> Does it taste like apple bread? Yeah, yeah. Is it too soft? Is it not cooked? What's going on? Oh, we, like want, we want the real we want the real deal here. It's a little soft, but I like it. Moist? It's very moist, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm already full, you know what I mean? Alright. That's that's kind of sticky. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's real sticky. Mm. I'm just thinking of how much sugar we put in there. There's a lot. There's a lot of sugar in there. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. That's like pretty much apple pie. Yeah. Mm. You just need a scoop of vanilla ice cream. Oh, I love vanilla And that'll be, that'll do it. Mm -hmm. Oh. So what do you think? Your first time making apple bread? I like it. Your first time on the podcast? I like it. It's it's different. Yeah? I like it. Yeah? Did you have a good time? Yeah, I did. You happy with the bread? Mm hmm. Excited to take Always. that loaf home? Yes, I am. Oh, good. He said he doesn't even like apples, so I'm all about it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have to share. <laughs> That's good. Well, I appreciate you being on the podcast. Of course, of course. It's been a lot of fun. I have so many more questions for you, but I'll just have to have you on for another episode. I'm down. I'm down. <laughs> now that you know what the deal is, maybe you won't. I, I definitely want to do the. Uh competition oh we'll do the cook-off i'll get i'll set that I don't know up of what but unfortunately it won't be for a couple of months but all right, all right we'll get that set up so that you guys come in and we'll have you guys do a bake-off um thank you for being here it's been great right. hanging out and making bread with you you too i hope you had a really good time I did. I did. <laughs> you did i liked it it was fun oh good um I like to ask all of my guests if there's anything that they want to tell the audience before we sign off. The last thing that Devin said on his episode mm. to give you context was love yourself was what he told everybody, <laughs> which I think is a great message. But what's your message for the people? Never buy premium gas. I think it's like a scam. Just buy the unleaded. Like, there's nothing. Not going to lie. My car is straight more, premium. It's not more fuel efficient. <laughs> The, my lease, they're telling me buy premium. I don't buy premium. I haven't bought premium the whole time. Like, wow. I've been on that unleaded life, you know? Wow, I must be fucking up because they told me to buy premium and I have not bought anything other than premium. <laughs> so, They'll never find out. Maybe I'll, take your, maybe I'll take your word for that. <laughs> I mean, I might be talking some bullshit. Maybe premium's amazing. <laughs> that's such a great message for the people. So that's what you got? You, yeah. Don't buy premium. Yeah. Buy your, buy your presents early. Well, you heard it here, listeners. Don't buy premium gas because it's a scam. And buy your presents early because people appreciate it. That's right. Thanks for listening. Everybody have a great day. Wait, do I say Anything you want. Bye.